Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. You're listening to Mentally Sound on Spice FM. Welcome everybody to Mentally Sound here at its normal time slot, <laughs> 12 till 2pm here on Spice FM. This is a show all about mental health with yours truly, Mr. Stephen Hesse, and my good co-host, Mr. Ricky Thamen. Um, hello, sir. Hello, sir. 
uh, welcome uh, everyone to our show, which is, as we say, is here till 2pm, talking all things mental health. Uh, so apologies by the way that we're a little bit uh, a little bit uh, late. Um, our, our fellow presenters before us went a little bit later than usual. Um, shame on them. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So uh, uh, yeah. So we that's why we're starting uh, just before ten past now. Um, but yeah, welcome everybody. Uh, we do a disclaimer right at the beginning, as I just touched on with saying that we do a show about mental health and all the topics surrounding that phrase, mental health. So we the disclaimer right off the bat is we may talk about uh, discriminatory, taboo aspects. Uh, to our subject matters um, this is just because to say that we'd have an open frank honest com- conversation as much as Ofcom would allow pre-watershed because <laughs> as you know if it was uh, if it wasn't uh, pre-watershed we may say some things a little bit more uh, flamboyant than we do at 12, uh, 12 in during the day um, so as I say my name's Stephen as you just heard my, uh, my co-host is Ricky and our show is all about guests as well so we kind of like think of ourselves as a sort of signposting show uh, where we have a bunch of guests on who talk about their charities or the services that they provide for people, that kind of thing. Um, so we have, uh, and today is no exception in terms of guests, some really interesting, uh, exciting people are going to be on the show. Um, so to run through the list before I um, catch up with my good friend Ricky... Uh, we have Ashley Lowe and Oliver Bell, who are from the United uh, Newcastle United Foundation, a charity, a registered charity supported by the Newcastle United Football Club. Um, it's basically they talk about their being a game changer campaign, which encourages people in the city to talk openly about mental health, provide tips on how to improve their physical and mental well-being. Is this the same people that we saw posters for when we were at the match? It would have been, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've been in touch uh, with them for I a while. I think that's them now because they've got their, uh, they've got a Newcastle, uh, pick, they've got Newcastle, uh, um, things on, so we'll let them in and just tell them to sit down, uh, and we'll get them in in a second. Um, might have to be closer, it might have to be closer to half past actually. Um, so as I say, I'll finish that train thought while Ricky lets them in. So yeah, so these guys are going to be on to talk about it. So, uh, as we just touched on, we were at the, uh, the Liverpool game, um, we saw, because I actually said jokingly. Liverpool, wasn't it Southampton? Was it? Southampton. Oh, I went to Liverpool game with my other friends. That's oh, right. did you? Yes, Southampton was the game right. that we saw. Me yeah. and you saw it. Yes, yeah. that's right. Sorry, mm-hmm. thanks for the correction. Um, and yeah, so they're going to talk about um, that basically um, that that campaign, which we're super excited about because, as I say, we saw we saw a whole bunch of that. Yeah, it was on the, the big back. screen, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on the um, you know the, the the video thing where they show the highlights and stuff. Mm-hmm. It kept bringing up. Um, I think it was because it was around Mental Health Awareness Week, mm-hmm. wasn't it, or something? But anyway, but I'm excited to talk to these guys about it, and they're waiting in the studio, so we're going to talk to them because we're a little bit behind. So we're going to talk to you about half past, and that's okay. I hope you guys are right with that. Because um, yeah, we've got some ads to play before that, obviously. So uh, Becky Bruce, who's a research coordinator and psychology graduate. It. Uh, she's on to talk um, uh, about her campaign against living miserably, which has <laughs> that sounds like my life. <laughs> I'll come for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, so no, yeah, that, that was very, very off the cuff. And thanks, Becky. Should they'll be listening in Barcelona at the moment? So. Yeah. So to reiterate what Ricky's referring to, that's a pre-record which I happily yeah. edited that Ricky did um, over Skype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so that's an interesting thing. And yeah, as, as you just, I've done on, that for like over a year. So yeah, like as you said at the ground, beginning. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, so it was, it's nice. So that's about um, a sort of like a ten-minute pre-record. So I'm yeah. thinking we'll probably play that after we talk to these yeah. guys. Um, yeah, so that that makes a great deal of sense. So uh, and also we are talking to Tracy Guy, who's the manager of Newcastle Hub Shelter, an organisation helping millions of people struggling with bad housing and homelessness <clears> and providing advice, support. 
legal legal jog and all that sort of thing. So um, I'm really excited of them because uh, we we talk we talked about Chattel before. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the manager of the Newcastle hub, um, mm-hmm. that's an, an interesting get. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to talk to them because uh, as if you listen to the show regularly, you'll know over the well, particularly over the four years that we've been on air, um, we talked about homelessness a great deal. Um, it's obviously something that I think I'm right in saying was on the is on the rise. We were talking about that last time. Yes, um, it's one of the worst with, places, isn't it? I yeah, believe homelessness. With, so. with, with it, there's many there's many factors that go into it. So you could talk about you know welfare reform. You can talk about rising rogue landlords, that sort of thing. Um, I'd have to say, even though we do um, sort of not necessarily talk about our previous radio station we were on, but that was one of the things I thought that they did was really nice. Is they used to go to a monument yeah. and help uh, and you know make teas and coffees for homeless people and stuff like that. So, we, think, so we've been involved Spice, in that for Spice a while. Do similar projects. Yeah, all right, okay, yeah. 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 Yeah, I heard they did that. Yeah, so that that makes a good deal of sense. So yeah, so yeah, we're going to talk to these guys. So to say, we're going to talk to Ashley and Oliver from the Newcastle United Foundation in about fifteen minutes' time because we're a little bit behind. Um, and yeah, and all, um, I will mention as well um, because we are a multicultural station. This um, uh, this happened. This happens all through May for Ramadan. Uh, is it Ramadan? I believe it is. Um, is that we have to play um, a Ramadan um, sort of religious thing at one o'clock, which lasts about ten minutes. And this happened on the last show on May, and obviously because we're a multicultural thing, we like to uh, we like to adhere to what people say. So, um, um, so yeah, we're going to do that. So, um, yeah, so just to let people to, to warn people at one o'clock, instead of playing an ad, we're going to play that instead. Um, so yeah, fun times. So anyway, Ricky, uh, uh, as a catch up, because obviously this is the introduction. How are you, my good sir? <coughs> uh, I'm good. Um, but I will admit as well, a little bit out of sorts. It's been a weird few weeks. I'm still sort of, you know, in the care care mode with with sort of mum recovering from her leg up. Mm-hmm. Not only that, it, it was half term, so I've been doing a lot of <coughs> babysitting with my nephews. So that was so I mean, looking after three people all at once with all different uh, manners and things going on. But um, yeah, it, it was, I mean, I love spending time with my nephews. It's one of those things that you know you you feel really grounded. You know, <laughs> and we actually got a very uh, adorable interruption when we were on the phone the other day because uh, one of your nephews oh, came in was like, "Uncle," like, <laughs> 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 and then oh, you were like, across, did yeah. It? Yeah. Uh, "Yeah," and you were like, "What do you want?" And it kind of like, "I'm suspicious." Yeah. And I had the remote control. All right, then. that's fine. <laughs> that's because yeah. we were watching the uh, the final, weren't we? The the Europa League final, yeah. That yeah. was why I apologize because uh, Ricky rang me at the beginning of that, and I was so engrossed in it, even though I mean the first half wasn't particularly great, um, which is relevant because we're going to talk about Newcastle United uh, soon. We're not really a football show, but um, but yeah, um, although obviously we, we we do talk yeah. a little bit about Newcastle, but um, but yeah, um, the, the Europa League, which was a complete, the, the first mm-hmm. half was like it was okay, um, but then yeah, the second half was surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, sorry, he earned his money, I guess is, is the summary of that uh, summary of that game. But yeah, Ricky rang me at the beginning. Hazard's got last goodbye potentially. I would think yeah, so. I would. I would think so. End, he? I would think so. He's been. I, it, if he's gonna go, <laughs> if he's gonna go, it has to be now. I mean, he's twenty eight. Well, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. He needs to leave if he wants mm-hmm. to, to. If he's gonna leave, he'll leave now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so actually a few things to touch on actually before we, uh, before we, um, uh, we get on to our guest in a little bit is to talk about, um, uh, a few things. I mean, obviously, Ricky, if you've got something to talk about, um, but first things first, I went to back, back to balance. Um, this is something I wanted to talk about. So if you listen to this show regularly, we have a contributor named Nikki Robertson from back to balance, who is a holistic therapist. Um, and as anyone knows who li- listens to my podcast, uh, the podcast I do and all that sort of stuff as I'm into trans, uh, gentle meditation and um so she does uh, a breathing 
a beaving training. It was basically a, a kind of like um, a tester uh, for two sessions. Um, um, and so she said, "Are you to me and Ricky? Are you guys interested?" Ricky couldn't make it, but I was like, "Okay, I'd love to do that because my attitude is." You can either go to regular therapy for like sort of 40 quid for a session or you can go to something like this where you can learn techniques that you can use every day to help you through stressful situations regardless of whether you have a condition or not. It's just good good sense for a person's well-being. So I went on Tuesday and I, I, I'm not saying this because Nikki, Nikki is a friend of our friend of ours, friend of the show, um, but I had a, I really enjoyed it. I felt really... Um, um, you know, sort of uh, in a much more positive situation when I got there. And that that view, which we did a podcast there, mm-hmm. the view at them... Did the, you get the, to see out that window well done? I, I got there early because I didn't know how long it was going to take to get right. from my house. I got there at like 20 to 6, so I had 10 minutes to just look at the view. Yeah. And it's just... And I listened to some music Sometimes while I was Sometimes that could be enough just to get you in the mood. Anyway. And I was like, I don't need to pay for this. <laughs> I should just come by myself. <laughs> just come by myself and not actually use it. But no, in all seriousness... As much as that's true, and it did help, that the the session was really useful. Um, so you, you you learn how to use your diaphragm. Um, and as I was joking with Ricky uh, before we when we so in this our is the pre thing, about thing chest versus yes. stomach breathing, yeah. Um, so the, the 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 basic idea, and obviously I'm not giving away any trade secrets. I hope. And apologies, Nikki, if you think I am. But um, the idea is you put put your um you put one hand on your chest and one hand on your belly, and then you do your regular breathing. Um, but you kind of try and do it a little bit longer, so it's like a, a, a long, long breathe in, long breathe out. Um, and if and and you you sort of figure out where the pressure is coming from, so like what what type you use, so whether it's your chest or your stomach. Everybody in the the group went, so she's like hands up who who feels it in their belly, and everyone put their hands up, and then and then and and then she was like, oh, the only person who put their hand up was Stephen, <laughs> and I was like, oh, is that bad? And then she was like, oh, your chest, and I was like, yeah, when I was breathing in, I could feel it in my chest. Well, I wouldn't have put my hand um, either because. Uh, from knowing, yeah, I mean, we had a discussion about breathing when she was last on the show anyway. Yes. But, yeah, I mean, when you're prone to sort of anxiety and anxiety attacks, particularly with me, you do feel it more in so the upper region, chest, than you do. Yeah, I mean, and the, the example she gave, which as being a parent, I completely understood this, is um, when you have a baby, she was describing um, the idea of, like, when a baby gets unsettled because babies um, get shocked rather easily, is they, like, sort of have that sort of... Um, silent scream when they hold their breath and all that sort of thing and it makes them more panicky and obviously panic attacks are related to your breathing you're not you're not breathing properly um so when she showed me that i i was really um i was really quite um it reminded me that i hadn't meditated in in too long uh, which which um, made me realise I need to keep up with that. So that's got me in a good frame of mind. you useful in terms of like combating, you know, when you were talking about sort of postnatal sort of issues that you know regarding men and things? And I would say so. I mean, it it as I say, like there were lots of different types of people there, um, and mm-hmm. and they all said they got like a benefit out of it for a variety of different reasons. Yeah. It's good with just general stress. The one thing she said as well, which actually a lady next to me um, had exactly the same, and I, this has happened to me recently, and I didn't realise it was stress related. I just thought it was just like, you know, again, like human beings, you kind of get all like blase and go, oh, it's just something I'm going through. But then actually realizing there's an inner, there's an inner bit to it is that, um, is that I, I was twitching at nighttime. So when I was going to sleep and being tired, my body was twitching. So I was like, kind of like doing a little shudder. And apparently that's stress related. Um, and it's, and, and, uh, and yeah, and, and apparently it's to do, and then you start thinking about like sort of, um, not particularly good thing and not like it's not that you don't um it's not that you don't um 
it's not necessarily related to breathing, but breathing help combat so I'm that. I'm smiling because I'm but reminiscing over my yeah. nighttime twitching now yeah. when I think about it. I know I didn't realise this because yeah. Haley pointed it out because Haley used to so like notice it. Really like, so yeah, it's supposed to be a stress related okay. thing, according to her. Yeah, I mean, it might be people listening to this who disagree, but so in regards um, to because like, with with my PTSD or bipolar, you're finding this is a combative, a real combative sort of. Um, well, I, in terms of dealing with it, I since I went there on Tuesday, I felt a hundred percent better. And she actually commented to me before, when I got there that I looked pale, and I did tell her before we started the session because I got there like five minutes early that I was feeling stressed. Because mm-hmm. um, we went to see my mom um, with my cousins. My cousins were visiting, which they very rarely do because they, okay. they live way down south. Um, so we made an effort to go with the baby and everything. My my partner gets stressed about that a little bit because it is like a it was it was like a last minute thing. I can, um, I can understand that. Yeah, so getting her in the car and all that sort of thing, and and and, and then she starts crying. So you try and get well, her back. Well, I got right? back when I was visiting my mum in hospital. Mm. You know, when you when you're you're okay being the sole visitor, but when you have multiple people coming along and it's like becomes a bit of a yeah, it was okay. Mm. It's just it, it's just effort, obviously, and 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 last minute effort, and then yeah. but so yeah, when I got to the lesson, I was really looking forward to it because i thought oh this is going to help me because i just because of the way i'm feeling and as i say i got back and i felt like a ton better and i've kept up with it since so I've, every day i've I've set aside like half an so hour you get a program um, to, like yeah like homework yes okay. basically right. she actually jokingly said you get homework in this class okay. and that's exactly what it is but it's just redoing what you learned in the class for right. two weeks and then we have another one on the 12th Mm-hmm. Whatever the second Tuesday is of, of, of June. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it's the 12th or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I will report back to how the second session went. But I enjoyed it that much that I actually asked her about doing it weekly because there's a weekly class that you can do. This is just a taster, and I really liked it. But I'm going to I'm gonna wait till I do the second one to see if I feel that again. I'm not going to mm-hmm. jump the gun and go, I'm just going to... Yeah, it's one it. of them where you, <laughs> you see as you go, as yes. you go along. But it, yeah. if I feel as good as I did the last first one, I think it's something I'm going to do regularly. Mm-hmm. Because um, as I say, for the sake of ten pound a month, um, rather like to basically help with your well-being, I think that's well worth well worth the money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so um, so that was one thing I uh, I was uh, I did. I also took Luna swimming yesterday. Um, I never realised how unfit I was. <laughs> um, I saw all the. Uh... Well, I'll chip in with my thing there because one of the you know you know how running's really important in my life, and yeah. when you when you're caring. And I've been like, you know, looking after me. I've not ran for like three weeks now, and I really, I really feel it. So my, my, I feel my back's going out, and <laughs> and my well-being, anxiety, <laughs> and stuff. So I'm really itching to get back into that cycle now, considering all the effort I put into make that. You should. Yeah. It sounds like a good idea. I'd love um, to swim, actually. You know that you mention it, but what's mm-hmm. it been like? What was it like? Well, I was going to say that the joke I was the joke I was building up to was that like the lifeguards were like <laughs> I think if, I think if anybody if anybody else had like sort of was attempting to drown, they wouldn't have noticed because they're all like looking at me going this unfit man trying to do lap trying to do uh, lengths of the pool and like sort did of you feel uh, quite self conscious then in a, way? a little bit. Um, I did because it's been so long since I did it, but I did obviously you know anyone any parents listen to this will know. Will know or what I'm about to say, you do it for your child kind of attitude yeah. as you get into yeah. the mindset of, oh, who cares? Well, I think I'm a try. I, I'm, I was like, I'm I was like, I was running. I was like, yeah. I was running. I would say, like, you know, if I, people are going to mm. look at me and I'm going to look, oh, look at him and his bony knees or something. Whatever, yeah, and, so and then I, you find that everybody's all in the same yeah, situation yeah. because you, you know, just, like, you yeah. know, people wear swimming gear, or, you know, you are kind of a bit exposed and all that yeah. kind of thing. So, so every time I see yeah. a runner nowadays, I, I'm, I'm almost like tempted to give him a thumbs up, like, good on you. Like, yeah. You know, sort of like so that's another thing yeah. because um, that's another thing because the, the, one of the things that the council does around my area is they <coughs> offer discounts for doing physical oh, activity. Really? Okay. So um, I got a card that you pay like a yearly rate to and you get all the classes a lot cheaper. Right. So uh, che- uh, honestly, like, it's like a couple of quid to go swimming. So 
so okay. I'm gonna like um for like sort of force myself to go once a week because literally it's, I've it's got just no refreshing t- to hear a swimming pool is actually still open. It's 500 <laughs> yards away, like yeah. it's like something like 500 yards away. It's like it's behind uh, Aldi, so instead of me going to an Aldi <laughs> and buying a pasty, um, I'm gonna go one door long and actually go and do something about my fitness. So there you, you go. You can go and there's a reward thing afterwards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, good. Like swimming and then I buy all the pies you can eat. Yeah. Then yeah. it's a waste of time. Yeah, uh, yeah. no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, yeah, I'll be, I'll be good. I'll be good. Yeah, metaphorical um, carrot. Daniel. But I do think that's a, that's a, that's the good, that's the approach you should have instead of like going to Greg's. Have, yeah, you know, every so often go, go to. How much product placement have we done on this? I know, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. yeah Greg's, careful. if you're listening, send us the. <laughs> no, no, other yeah. Bakeries are. Yeah, other bakeries are available. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So what we're gonna do now is we'll take a quick early break because we've got our guests waiting patiently in the wings. Um, because yeah, we we as I say, apologies because we started a little bit later because of the presenters before us were running late for some particular reason. So um. Yeah, so um, we got through all. Is there anything else we need to add before we go to break? No, really, let's go for it. Let's no, yeah, so yeah, we're gonna we'll we'll uh, we'll play some. We need to play some ads now, obviously, because we're reaching towards half past. Um, now all I need to do is find a song. Um, just to say, oh, we'll play um, we'll play Fall Out Boy because I've been listening to this song quite a bit because it was on um a basketball game I recently just bought. Um, and it's a really really good song. So we're gonna play some ads right now, and then we're gonna play Fall Out Boy, the last of the real ones, which is a great song, and then we'll be back. In the studio to talk to the Newcastle United Foundation right after this. For the community, by the community. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Kashmir Arfan Relief Trust Meerpur Se Bushra Khanam Ka Pegham Mera Naam Bushra Hai Or Kort Mera Gar Hai Kort Me Mujh Jaisi Bohut Se Yateem Or Nadar Bacche Rehte Hain Jahaan Aapke Taawan Or Madad Se Humari Tamam Tar Zorurutun Ka Khas Khiyar Rakha Jata Hai Jabke Humari Roz Mera Ke Tamam Tar Aharajat Ke Liye Aapki Mazid Madad Darkar Hai Is Ramzana Mubarak Me Apne Atiyat Sadkat Or Zakat Kort Ko Dijiye Or Humara Sahar for your support and donations, go to UK office 0300 Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Spice FM 98.8 FM I was just an only child of the universe And then I found you
Hello everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound here at Spice FM 98.8 FM. That was Fallout Boy with the last of the real ones. As I say, it was on the it's on the um, NBA 2K track because I'm a huge basketball fan. Uh, I'm sorry to say to our next guest, probably a little bit more than football these days, but <laughs> but we'll get to that. Ooh, controversial. Um, controversial. Yeah, I should have just waited till after the left to see it. <laughs> but no, I, I'm a huge basketball <laughs> fan because the playoffs it's a playoffs right now, so I'm super excited. Um, but yeah, um, we're super excited for our next guest. Obviously, oh, um, I, I should say as well because I forgot to say this in the introduction is if you want to contact us on the social networks we are um, at underscore mentally sound on twitter uh, we are mentally sound on facebook uh, mentally sound on instagram Mentally, uh, mentally sound, sound radio on instagram mentally sound radio on mentally sound instagram. radio show on, on uh, facebook yeah yes yeah. thank you uh, yeah so yeah if, uh, particularly um twitter because i have the the page open so if you've got any questions for ourselves or our guests please do please do uh, uh, tweet us and we will answer forthwith um but yeah as we were just touching on i'm super excited to talk to our next guest because as we touched on earlier uh, when we were at the southampton game ricky was kind enough to 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 give me a spare ticket to go and see the game um we saw posters for this uh, I, I'm assuming it was you guys because uh, it was all to do about they had the players and all about me- uh, let's talk about mental health um, sort of mental health matters that kind of thing um, and I was like oh cool we'd lo- I would love to talk about these guys and then it happened <laughs> you guys are here so I'd like to welcome Ashley and Oliver to the show hello guys hello, hello. having us you're very welcome um, are you, I guess the appropriate thing that we always ask guests being a mental health show is how are you feeling are you guys okay how are you doing <laughs> yes good a little bit nervous okay <laughs> But um, overall, really good. Thank you. Uh, how about you, Oliver? You good? Um, I'm good, yeah. <laughs> Is your mental health been? <laughs> yeah, good. Um, um, I'm glad to hear it. Um, I mean, uh, Ricky was just touching on while we're off air. We, have you been doing the rounds in for radio? Uh, he was touching on that, wasn't he? Yeah, we've done a couple of radio interviews with uh, other stations, okay. basically just trying to spread this message, of which I'm sure we will go into. Of in course, yeah. Minutes, but yeah, just mm-hmm. getting around... Um, speaking to different people and, mm-hmm. and it's, a, it's a great opportunity for us just to get our message across into the yeah about be a game changer cars and things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so the be a game be a ga- game changer campaign is what you guys are mainly going to talk about obviously and we can talk about the foundation a little bit more thing but I guess let's start with that I mean because um, obviously it's all to do with mental health I mean um, one of the things that we saw in the ground was you know players are involved mm-hmm. you know saying that let's talk about mental health because I guess the, the, the bigger picture which we might get onto in a little bit is mental health and football because I think that's that's took a huge a huge up, uptake recently in terms of the amount of players willing to talk about it now I mean I'm thinking of Danny Rose and a bunch of other players so um, so do you want to tell us uh, start with you Oliver like what Be A Game Changer is yes absolutely so Be A Game Changer is our mental health campaign at Newcastle United Foundation which is it basically orientates around our social network site so we have uh, Twitter and Foundation uh, Facebook sorry be a game changer groups whereby people can join the group and especially on Facebook uh, they can mm-hmm. join the be a game changer group and they can discuss various different issues that they may have or they mm-hmm. may be looking for help or just for a little bit of advice from other people who may be sat in the same position so that's kind of one strand of the be a game changer campaign but mm-hmm. we have other strands as well um, which include we've got a be a game changer page on the Newcastle United Foundation yep. webpage mm-hmm. Within there, there is advice on what to do if you're concerned of other people who are struggling from poor mental health, mm-hmm. how you may be able to help yourself and boost your own mental health and your own mental well-being, and also the opportunity for people to share stories as well. Mm-hmm. So people can write to us and they can contact us and and uh, ask if they can share their story through our social networks because yeah. 
I mean, the whole aim of this project is to try and get people talking more about mental mm-hmm. health and, and particularly men talking more about mental mm-hmm. health. And mm-hmm. we Very know good. that the statistics are massive mm-hmm. out there for, for um, let's take suicide, yeah. particularly in the northeast for um, men of a certain age mm-hmm. dying because of the result of suicide. And that's young, pe- young people in particular as well. Exactly. Yeah. Young, young men. Yeah, yeah. so we're, the whole campaign is trying to kind of stand up and say, listen, Let's talk more about mental health. It's mm-hmm. okay not to be okay. Us as a football club, us as Newcastle mm-hmm. United Foundation are standing up and saying, it's okay not to be okay. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about mental health too. And hopefully that will give people a little bit more encouragement to discuss their own issues, which mm-hmm. can ultimately help them in the long run. And, yeah. and, and try and get that massive number that we have in the northeast for mm-hmm. suicides down to, mm-hmm. at some point, zero. Yeah, and I guess in the in the, in the in the bigger picture as well, I guess just the very basic sense of getting everyone to talk about it. Because the more you talk about it, the more that people are willing to talk about it and express like that. Like we're we're a big fan of prevention on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, well, podcast slash show is um, this idea of the you know stop it before it gets to be problematic. Um, and the, so the the premise as you just touched on, the more you talk about it, the more that you might prevent it from happening. Basically, do you? Does anything you want to add to that, Ashley? Um, just that it's the campaign is basically trying to raise awareness that mm-hmm. we've all got mental health just like we have yeah. physical health. We spent 14 months um, looking at all the insight out there about campaigns that have targeted um, football fans or men just to see what worked. And we also did focus groups with Newcastle United fans to say, what do you think about mental health, etc. And we found that there is still um, the idea that Oh, I've not got mental health because that means that I'm not well and we're just trying to get the messages yeah. out there that you do you do have mental health and there's things that you can do to look after it so there's lots of simple tips on the website as well so we're just trying to get the message out there about things like sleep and stress and exercise and all those things that you can do to help with those that could um help promote good mental health as well would you say like i'm sure ricky i'll get we'll, we'll pass it to ricky in a second but um do you think as well um i think the sense of your answer is that, that would it be fair to say it's not necessarily related to football in that aspect it's about ask, it's about asking people to talk about it in general but it sounds like to me it's also i guess the added benefit of having newcastle united involved and it being a newcastle united foundation it's using the power and the the the, the prestige that the club has to get this out there would that be fair rather than it being just a football related thing yes and um, we're mm-hmm. trying to use the brand to yeah. reach people that might not have listened to these messages before yeah mm-hmm. we do, I, I mean we've I've, i'm spending quite a lot of t- my time as well at the foundation mm-hmm. researching why the football club has such an impact on these these groups of people and, and these yeah. groups of pe- people are particularly men mm-hmm. and men who we like to class as hard to reach mm-hmm. so these are groups of men who don't usually consider themselves as unhealthy mm-hmm. they possibly don't visit their gp as often mm-hmm. as what they should do and although they live quite like risky lifestyles and in terms of their health, they don't, as I said, consider themselves unhealthy. So these these groups of people, this hard-to-reach group of people, are difficult for traditional NHS and traditional health services to get in touch with. But what the research has shown in the past, not only from ourselves but other football clubs and sporting mm-hmm. organisations around the country and around the world, is that these groups of people do access football clubs and sport clubs mm-hmm. to talk about their health, mm-hmm. which is quite interesting. And I, I think for me, I think that possibly stems from, especially in the North East, the pride and the passion that people have over our local mm-hmm. football club and the trust that they have in that football club. So we're kind of hoping to use that power for good. I, I like the way how you describe that, because in a way you're also kind of, in a way, kind of doing a signposting thing where 
as you say, guys who are in that sort of man-up cultures type thing who mm-hmm. might not want to see their GP or feel that it's a weakness, sign of weakness. Yeah. But through you, your guys and your inspiration, you're kind of directing to say it's, it's, it's you know, it's fine to, to say you're GP. And, and also this thing about friendship. I know a lot of friendships are, are centered around football. It's like, um, you know, if, if you notice that your friend isn't sort of there, mm-hmm. like, you know, he's been away for a while, it's like having that courage and, and and sort of like strength to just text or just pick up the phone yeah, as well, right? Yeah, we How much did you get pick up that in your focus groups as well? Yeah, um, we've picked up, I think from what I've picked up in my experience, not just in focus groups but in mm. conversations and things like that, yeah. You get these groups of people who've been in changing rooms for the last 20 years. Mm. We briefly mentioned about how Danny Rose has come out and spoken about their mental health. And Mm. and that was in that documentary with Prince William where there were various footballers sat around Mm -hmm. a changing room. Mm -hmm. And you've got a certain type of people, men particularly, who've grown up in the changing room atmosphere. And they've had that cohesion, that that social support with Mm. other people for 20 years. And then suddenly families come along or you get injured or you you get too old to play football Mm. and then... All of that disappears, yeah. And that 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 lack of social cohesion and that social network can be massively detrimental. Well, it was a it was a, peer, a level of peer support for a lot of them, wasn't it? And so yeah. that disappears, then it's like, where do you turn to? Usually, and where do you turn yeah. to? And and, yeah. and funnily enough, we we've, we've touched upon a quite a couple of times in this conversation alone in terms of how there's uh, we all look after our physical health and and mm. kind of sideline our mental health a lot yeah. more but yeah. really physical health is quite difficult to treat in terms of say um, say certain illnesses mm. that are physically orientated they're quite difficult mm. to treat whereas we mentioned prevention in terms of mental health mm. having a conversation with somebody can be such a powerful yeah. preventative measure mm-hmm. and it's literally just me and you I mean, to me you, it's like you can't have one without the other I mean physical and mental the relationship is like oh, know, I think we learn as we go along just how intertwined it is really yeah. so it's yeah because like, I mean when before you guys was on I think a powerful point to raise was what you just said there Oliver was really powerful because uh, we were t- you, you heard some of the conversation when you guys were waiting to come on yeah. about me talking about like going um about going to, to um the breathing thing that we were, I was discussing and you know I said it was like 10 pound a session and I was going like I think what you're describing there is that sometimes people I think um have a, a have a, a like a sort of resistance to to deal with their mental health because they go I don't have the money to deal with it or whatever it is and what you said there's really powerful because I absolutely agree with you a lot of stuff you can do mental health related like these breathing exercises and, and talking to somebody and yeah. and all that sort of stuff are free yeah, yeah. they require very little effort um I mean I'm 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 going to put an asterisk behind very little effort because sometimes it's the very the hardest thing in the world to do is yeah. to say that you've got a problem but I'm just saying in terms of the actual the the capa- the capability you have to have um, it is possible to do that at any time, really, um, rather than you know having to go to a class or that sort of thing. Um, you know, so I do agree with that. I mean, um, uh, I, th- I think because I think that's what elephant in the room being that it's from Newcastle United. Like, um, how are the um, you know because as we touched on, we had a post. I saw posters with some of the the, the first team players on, and when we were at the game, um, uh, how do you think um, sort of Newcastle United and the players? think about mental health I mean it seems to me I mean I like to see that the Premier League in particular and all sorts of stuff are, are taking more of an avid interest in it and I'm curious if there's any interaction you've had with the players and, and how do you how do you think they've perceived this campaign the players are always supportive, supportive of what we do within the foundation mm-hmm. they, they always support our programs and, and we've got um, two player ambassadors Iose Perez and mm-hmm. Sean Longstaff who mm-hmm. who do push various different projects within the foundations that yep. yeah they do support us um, not just those two gents but the rest mm-hmm. of the team in our mental health campaign mm-hmm. um, so that, and, and that can be massively positive because 
we think of these people as um, role models and people mm. who uh, are at the top of the game and when they can turn around and say that, listen, let's talk more about mental health, that's great, mm-hmm. then that can be a massively powerful message. But I think the findings that we've had previously as well is that sometimes people can uh, find it difficult to relate to the players. Mm. However, they can quite easily relate to the steward or they can yeah. relate to the guy who works behind the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they can relate to the security staff. Mm-hmm. They can relate to me and you. Mm-hmm. And when me and you stand up and say, listen, yeah. I've experienced this yeah. and I've gone through it. And because I've gone through that, mm-hmm. and, and from my understanding, people who've gone through it want mm-hmm. to help others who've gone through it yeah. because they don't want that to happen yeah. to themselves. Yeah, yeah. we um, on our website at the moment, we've got six case studies. So they're from fans that are detailing their experiences of a mental health issue and okay. um, in the hope to... You know, for other people to read that and think, oh, you know, I'm not alone or it's okay to talk. And we've since we've released some of those case studies, we've had loads of people contact us wanting to tell their story, which Great. is amazing. Mm-hmm. So we've got another 12 at the moment in the pipeline for which are going to be released. And we're just... I feel like the real life stories are kind of the crux of the campaign and that's what we're, we really want people to, you know, get on board with and, and, and share because it, I think that's what helps to get the message out there. Mm-hmm. I think another um, sort of uh, an interesting sort of uh, angle and related to football is that the, the, the mental health, like, sort of, I, I guess I was going to be, I was almost going to make a joke there being a Newcastle fan, the up and down, <laughs> the up and down <laughs> feelings you have, uh, being a supporter. The, I mean, the, the, I was the hoping joke. you weren't going to go there. But <laughs> Let's do it. Go on. Yeah, uh, let's not mention the takeover. Uh, um, but uh, but yeah, but the, that's the joke and the aspect of saying it. But there is a serious point to what I'm making here is that you know football. I mean, because of the, the the passion, the, the passion you can have, and particularly if you go to the game, it's the most wonderful thing to do. I mean, it, it, it's it's so great. But also, obviously, if you're seeing your team get decimated or whatever it is, it can have it can have a mental health edge. And I do think like the sort of elephant in the room aspect of is is there an aspect to that as well that maybe if we do talk about mental health in a general sense that if we crowbar in how people react to football that maybe we can sort of um, ground it a little bit or make it more realistic and that you can be a supporter but maybe not let it get too out of hand because obviously I guess I'm also sort of crowbarring that sometimes English fans get bad a bad stereotype uh, particularly if we go to European games and stuff like that so do you think that's going to help with this campaign to to make a better picture about what football is and put it in the right context I think the campaign's more about developing people's mental strength and mental toughness yes. and, and resilience around okay. around mental health. The campaign's not necessarily going to try and make Newcastle win the Premier League. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's, no, that's not what it is. Oh, well. yeah, we're we're going to try. But, oh, well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's my next question crossed out. I think that's more about money than it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it is interesting because, like, as, as Steve touched on there, it's like, you know, when, when your team doesn't do it, there is a, like a domino effect, isn't it? Because yeah. it's not just football, it's the community, isn't it? Mm. It's like business is almost set around the club and it, it you know, people they, and when a club thrives then the community thrives in a way and there's a level of content there's happiness in a way you know yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah and i think when the club potentially doesn't thrive yeah um the messages that we're trying to get across through this campaign mm-hmm. uh relate to potentially people who are experiencing feelings when the club doesn't thrive mm-hmm. but it might be when people are experiencing similar feelings when they've got work issues stress mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. financial issues all yeah. of these issues in life that mm-hmm. make us feel not as good as what we potentially should be feeling the campaign is trying to address how you can go around helping yourself with that. So we've yeah. got we've got a section within our website which provides help or tips on what people can do to help themselves. 
Okay. Which, which includes various different things, including exercise. Um, we are currently running, am I right, Ashley, sleep and stress workshops? And yeah, so we're offering education workshops. Which people can access at the stadium, or we'll offer those for like lunchtime in businesses. But we have loads of free programs um, throughout the city. So we'll have walk and football. So before um, someone mentioned that people being too old for football, You're never too old for football. <laughs> we have players in the nineties. Um, so we've got players in the nineties. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, so ten free sessions, so people can access that, and the blokes Great. go along and women basically say you know they wouldn't get out of the house if it wasn't for walking football it's the thing that keeps them going the crack with the lads is you know what it's all about plus mm. they're getting that physical exercise we do running groups we've got um a, 12, a program 12th called man. the 12th man i've got that written down yeah, yeah which is an intervention which ollie will go on to because that's his project um around men, men's health and well-being so we've got loads of stuff Great. going on that people can access for free we do mm-hmm. mental health first aid sessions as well I'm a mental health first aid instructor for the two day adult course I, I was going to ask you about that have you yeah. heard about that yes yes so it's basically we run those from St James's Park it's a two day course where you learn to recognise the signs and symptoms of poor mental health and what you could do as a first aider in, in that situation, as a first responder. And I always relate it to physical first aid, and I always say that all of our coaches have to be physically first aid because when they go into schools and children fall over and the children get cuts and or they get bumps or they get yeah. bruises and all this sort of thing, yep. the coaches need to know what to do in that situation yeah. as a first responder. Yeah. And surely if we get the physical cuts and bumps and bruises as we go through life, we get the mental equivalents mm-hmm. of those things as well. Mm-hmm. What are we putting in place to try and help? I know that you've mentioned about the breathing, and, and that's a brilliant example, and you mentioned about how there's a £10 fee associated with that. Now, I personally pay £10 a month for my gym membership. Mm-hmm. What's the, t- what yeah. What's the difference? What's yeah. the difference? Yeah, yeah. And, and surely if I'm paying £10 for my physical <coughs> health, would it not make sense to pay £10 yeah, for my mental definitely. health? But the, the, that, in that clearly, I always say that, that this is a, a, a basic example we see on the show all the time, is surely that means there must be a stigma uh, around it because... To, to, that makes a logic, logical sense. Yeah. So if it makes logical sense and it seems dumb not to do it, then there must be some sort of social stigma or some sort of um, yeah. some sort of uh, like worry associated with it that you don't that you don't want to deal with that. Because um, what you were touching on there, Oliver, is what I was going to ask Ashley. Because I know that you're a well-being manager. It says in my notes. Yeah. Um. Uh. What I find in, in it, what we say as a way of getting people to understand it in a more general picture is that you have like sort of mental health but you have your own like sort of well-being as well and I think the whole idea of this really is I mean because Newcastle United is a great example of this because obviously if you take football it's a physical act and it probably it'll it'll help you with mental well-being because again for all sorts of reasons but is it also a sense as well that um, a lot of the stuff that you guys do in promoting sort of mental health is also to promote good well-being for a person? Do you get what I'm asking in terms of that? It's not just about like sort of mental health. It's also having a good lifestyle and, and making sure that you look after yourself in the appropriate way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different aspects to, to well-being, isn't yeah. there? Like you said, looking after your, your health physically, looking after your mental health, but making sure that you've got those social connections, mm-hmm. all of those things. And that's what we're trying to get across in the campaign. There's lots of little things that you can do. Yep. Even if you really are struggling, there's, there's tiny little things you can do to help feel a little bit better to get you through. But it's all about getting support the the sooner you know the sooner the better and there's no shame in that and that's Mm -hmm. what we're trying to you know tell people tell the fans to talk to each other and to talk to um a professional if they need if they Mm -hmm. need to yeah i was looking on your website you know when i'm doing research and stuff and i noticed that you know among the tips things like mindfulness Mm -hmm. and i suddenly it occurred to me because we've talked a lot about mindfulness on this show 
I think I do my own practice that because you know I I have PTSD so anxiety so when I actually go down and watch a game. Mm-hmm. I have to go through all those like steps of like calmness and you know sitting amongst 50,000 people isn't easy for someone like anxiety you know you're always constantly looking for exits but there's something about you know once the the game's kicked off and and you know you're in synergy with the people around you and you just take that time to just sort of like breathe again going back to the previous conversation and just like let the atmosphere like get in your veins in a way and then you just suddenly reach a level of calmness and I'm all right and and it just dawned on me when I was reading that last yeah. night. I was thinking, great, I've, I've, I've achieved something I didn't know. But well, there you go. I mean, I hope there's more people that could be... Because I think going to somewhere like that, for someone with anxiety, to, to be amongst 50, that can be quite daunting. Yeah. But I, I like to think that, at least with what, what I'm doing, that it can be... It's not impossible, is what well, I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I can, I, can, I can see the link there between yeah. what you're making with mindfulness and being in, in, mm. in part of a crowd. And I think... And I'm sure I'll get all kinds of phone calls and from mindfulness instructors who <laughs> prove me wrong here. But to my understanding of what mindfulness yeah. is, it's about being in the moment. Yeah. And it's about definitely. controlling your thoughts and controlling your breathing and, mm-hmm. and potentially emptying your thoughts yeah. and yep. your worries and your concerns and mm-hmm. your anxieties that are within your life. And a method of doing that may be to literally just focus on the game. Mm-hmm. If you're in a stadium with 52 other thousand right. people right. and you're focusing on a ball going yeah. from A to B yeah. to C to D yeah. and watching these players run around, yeah, exactly. you're not thinking about the other worries exactly. that are in your life. Exactly. <laughs> and yes, it's not sat in a yoga mat with loads of incense sticks and doing mindfulness <laughs> meditation yeah. or anything like that. Well, what yeah. a concept that would be, wouldn't it? No, absolutely. Yeah, and I do. Th- um, uh, the, this was leading on to the the, the next thing I was going to say because I guess. Um, because we, we always like to sort of, because um, this has been a very interesting discussion, is to sort of t- to talk about things in a positive sense. I mean, so wh- when did this campaign start? That was something we haven't asked you yet. Yeah, so we launched a campaign in February mm-hmm. um, at the Burnley match. And it's just the start, really. We're okay. funded from the council and the Premier League with this campaign. So um, it's for over two years, hopefully more, once we can, you know, Great. evidence the, the impact. And we've already had some great stories coming through yeah. with people telling us, you know, if they'd had this you know a couple of years ago when they were they were struggling they might have got better quicker that you know it's been a, a real help we had a taxi company tell us that four of their drivers had opened up about mental health since just Great. seeing the article on the website mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. there's be so much stuff out there that we'll never know mm-hmm. but um you know if it can help one person you know that's that's what it's all about yeah that's what our attitude is that's that's what our attitude is yeah there's a i was just that's that's why i was asking when it started so it sounds like from what you're saying in general it's been it's been really good so far and long may continue i like the fact that you guys actually made it yourselves that you actually set up focus group because you really wanted to reach out i thought that's really cool of you guys have done yeah i mean a big that kind of links into sort of part of my role at the foundation as well I'm doing a part time PhD at Newcastle University mm-hmm. and, and within that is researching one of our programmes the 12th man programme mm-hmm. that we've previously mentioned Yeah. so what we want this campaign and what we want our health department to be is evidence based Yeah. we don't want to just sit in a room and make stuff up exactly. and think oh Ollie and Ashley thinks it'll work yeah, so yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. ahead and do it mm-hmm. we want to go out there and speak to people and we have done and that's why we've designed the big game changing yeah. campaign the way that it is because we've mm-hmm. been out and we've asked the people that we want to to target the campaign too, mm-hmm. what their thoughts and opinions are on certain things. So, so yeah, hope kudos, well done. Uh, do you think? Um, I, I, I mean, I, I guess because we're looking at the sort of the the mainstream aspect. Because I mean, because because we do talk about the way mainstream media promotes um, sort of mental health. Is do you think uh, in general 
the the the, the fact that now you get sports stars and you were touching on this earlier Oliver is that do you think now that that sports stars like Danny Rose and there's been a, there's been a, a few others that are um you know talking about mental health openly that it'll help campaigns like this you know because of the prestige like we were talking about the prestige of Newcastle United but I guess you know if you don't support Newcastle United it might not have the same power but players I think regardless of what team they play for if yeah. a team if a player comes out and says you know because I think the reason I'm saying the, the the sort of elephant in the room in this aspect is I think sometimes people have this warped idea that if you've got money and fame that yeah. mental health yeah, yeah. You, it doesn't matter like you know but then there's a really fantastic book Rich Man Poor Man I think it's called about um, a billionaire who says I had all the money in the world and I still felt miserable and so you know do you think the fact that footballers are doing it now it's going to make it even more powerful for campaigns which is this in my opinion yeah I think that's how we reduce stigmas yeah the more we talk about things the more we stand up and say listen I've suffered from this it's okay Mm -hmm. that's how we reduce stigmas and and relating to the footballing aspect again we think of these people as superhuman as elites as as people who cannot be affected by stuff like this and there was a bit I read Stan Collymore's autobiography. Oh, no, he's, he's great. But he's great about this. Yeah, and he talks about how when he was playing for a club, his manager, or when he was playing for a club, and he was diagnosed with depression, his manager couldn't understand how yeah. he was diagnosed. He said, mm. "You've got three cars and a massive house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can understand if you had three children and you lived at the top of mm. an estate and you, you were really suffering, and I can get mm-hmm. that. But mm-hmm. you've got everything in life. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing with mental health is there's no rules." Mm-hmm. You don't have to tick certain boxes yeah. in order to, do, to in order to be diagnosed with something. Mm-hmm. I think, I think from my point of view, that's quite British as well as for us to yeah. be quite competitive yeah. with certain things. Mm-hmm. Like we often say, oh well, I shouldn't feel like this because my life is perfect. Mm-hmm. No, that doesn't matter. Just because you've potentially appear to have all the things yeah. in order doesn't mean that you're not immune from suffering from poor mental health. Well, my, my side question to what Steve said was going to be, is there something about football that, that's still more work to be done? Because I noticed a few years ago, um, various cricket stars were opening up, various um, rugby stars were opening up. There was something about football, though, that was a, a tougher nut to crack in a way. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that you're making that, those sort of grounds now? Um, and if so, what, what do you think's led to that? Is it simply down to more footballers opening up like Stan Collymore or Clark, Clark Carlisle or... Um, Danny Rose and so forth. Yeah, I think there's probably strength in numbers. So the more yeah. people that start to open up, the more people will feel able to do so. Yeah. So, I mean, we're speaking to the fans with our campaign, and yeah. that's what we hope will happen here. Mm-hmm. The more fans we can reach with our messages, the more people will open up, and the more it will reduce the stigma and, and help the problem. That's a good point, because I think if that, that's, <coughs> the, that, that's it. If there is a fence, that's the other side of the fence, the fans and the yeah. players. Yeah. And so if the fans talk about it, which are a lot more of than players, <coughs> then it may just make players feel a lot more comfortable to say, well actually fans are talking about it now maybe I'll say it because um, I think that the, 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 the wider context and I, I know you touched on this Oliver earlier is that we've talked about this before about um, about in particular American sports that uh, you were talking about earlier about how people end up you know particularly after they've retired and all that sort of thing is that the mental health like but, you know, the, the PR support that they had through that club and everything they suddenly go home and they've retired and they've suddenly got nothing to do yeah. um, and you know and particularly in American football it's something as horrible as like 60 percent of players end up bankrupt because of just not poor financial management and not thinking about what to do once well, the career ends. documentary, um, I forget what it's called, about George Best, and if you go back and watch that, I mean, we're talking about the 1970s, he was actually opening up mm-hmm. to reporters and say, look, I, I, I just have depression, I feel too depressed, I don't have the motivation anymore. And you can just imagine what, saying something like that back then, mm-hmm. it probably would have, it would have fallen on deaf ears because I would have thought, George, you're the... You're the most famous player in the world. You've got all these luxuries around you and stuff, but 
the two didn't dovetail back then, and yeah. it's nice to know that actually you can, because as you say, the, the, there's no tiggy box exercise with this. It's you know mental oh, health. Well, is mental health. And yeah. Back then we didn't understand it. Yeah. Similarly, if we were to rewind a couple hundred years, we didn't understand smallpox and polio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Out, didn't we? Very so, good point. So surely we're at the start of this journey yeah. of helping mm-hmm. helping the wider mm-hmm. the wider issue of mm-hmm. mental health issues. I think that I think the key the key difference in that is that uh, you can kind of see probably some symptoms of smallpox mm-hmm. and say, oh, well, this is the this is this because it's an inward thing with mental health. Yeah. I think if we can if we if we can sort of visualize Visualize it, if that's the right word, of mm-hmm. mental health, and go, you know, sort of get it out in the open, it, metaphorically and literally. I think we'll then uh, we'll then be in a better place. So, uh, congrats with it. It sounds like a fantastic thing. And as I say, we were really pleased to see it when we were at the match. We made a mental note of it. Cause we were literally like, we must talk to these guys about this because we, we we were like, why is because it wasn't there a guy next to us who went, why are you so interested in that thing? Because like, we do we do a show about oh, yeah, mental health and we want to. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. And um, so yeah, we 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 had a conversation with a couple of people around us. So. We're, we're, it's great we're, for our know? club as well because a, a previous guest was the Newcastle United Disabled Sports yes. Association mm-hmm. and yes. we felt quite sort of like it was a big love in then wasn't it like oh club's doing fantastic yeah and it because they're building like sensory rooms around the stadium yeah, now yeah. Which, which which was news to us which and you see the, all the di- you see the disabled access where they get to sit right on the ground level like yeah. underneath the stands and stuff and it's a really great and I'm really proud of Newcastle for that because I, th- I mean that that's a wonderful thing to support a club that like you know helps people who are you know have a disability or you know helping people with mental health issues I'm really proud of that I'm really proud that they do that and congrats guys it's a, it sounds like a fantastic campaign from what we've seen it seems like it's doing really really well and you said two years is you're hoping to do it for we've got the we're funded for two years Great. like i said we only launched at the beginning of the year yeah so, so. we've got lots of plans for the over the summer because we're going to be doing football tournaments to raise awareness Great. lots of plans for the new season um like match day activities so there'll be more posters and things like that mm-hmm. plus some of our staff doing things on strawberry place um, and yeah just trying to raise awareness trying to get on the radio get in the press encourage people to join the facebook group so please join i was going to say like website and all that sort of yeah. stuff do you want to say that yeah. so if you go on Facebook and search BA Game Changer you'll find our group it's a closed group so you just have to click join and um, okay, it'll yeah. get accepted I joined yes. last night alright <laughs> um, and then if the foundation's website is nufoundation.org.uk Be a Game Changer we'll get you onto our um, information and we're also on Twitter fantastic so I encourage you people to check that out and thanks guys so much for coming in I mean like we feel yeah, Newcastle United would be really nice to again. us yeah. 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 whenever Plug, please, please do. Oh, we will do definitely. Thank you for that. So, thanks to uh, Ashley and Tolva. Thanks so much indeed. Thank you. Right. So, what we're going to do now is, as I touched on at the beginning, because uh, we are a multicultural station, is we've got to play something for Ramadan now. It'll last about thirteen minutes. So, we'll, you'll see us guys in about fifteen minutes with our next uh, guest, which my phone's just went off. That's appalling. Uh, Tracy, who's waiting in the wing. So, hopefully, uh, we'll talk to her in the studio in about fifteen minutes' time. So, we're going to play this for Ramadan, and we'll be right back after this. <laughs>
Welcome back, everybody. Um, I actually listened back to our previous podcast. Obviously, welcome to Mentally Sound. Um, and uh, I, I said um, I was doing the editing, Ricky, for the for one of the earlier podcasts for the Mental Health Awareness Week last night. So we're going to put this up over oh, the yeah. weekend. And I was saying, my partner heard me going, "I hear, uh, welcome back. I hear you've been waiting in the wings for us to return because <laughs> this took twenty minutes or something. So like, you're on tender hooks waiting for us to come back. So welcome everyone. Uh, to I'm looking forward Sound. to hearing that one because Mental uh, Health Awareness Week was. It was good, yeah. Uh, and obviously, uh, now that it's this show we were putting on last last uh, two weeks ago show as well. Um, Just so to we'll clarify for listeners, we're yeah. back on our normal schedule. Yeah, we did. I did joke this that at the beginning. Was a bit yeah. hectic, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah we we uh, for mental health awareness week we did a different day um, uh, because it was a special. So I I didn't want to do Friday because sometimes Fridays are a little complicated for me. Because so. you and I were swimming now, weren't you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We see my <laughs> yeah. I look I look so. <laughs> it looks so trim now doing my one session I now it looks so trim <laughs> I do feel a lot better though honestly I was so tired yeah. um, uh, obviously we'll get to we'll introduce Tracy in a second who's, li- who's listening patiently but um, he's referring to the fact that um, I, I took my uh, six month old daughter yesterday to do a swimming thing because my partner usually takes her to swimming mm-hmm. and because it's half is it half term this week? It is, yeah. Um, so yeah uh, the, the classes aren't on that she usually takes her to so I went I tell you what, so I can get in the springs of things, we'll all go swimming. And I went, let me try the pool. And as I jokingly referred to earlier in the show, um, all the lifeguards just followed me around because they were like, this person's never done swimming for years. And I was joking, like, if someone else was like going, help, help, they were looking at me waiting for that moment because I was like going, <laughs> in the in deep end. In contrast, my yeah. being half term, my nephew wanted want me to build him like a little ninja course thing. <laughs> you know how you watch ninja, 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 ninja Warrior? warrior. Yeah, yeah. He wants me to like, build a little miniature <laughs> one in the house and I've got to put all He's got good taste. Yeah. He's got good taste, but um, dangerous. I hope you <laughs> I hope made it uh, children friendly. Uh, but yeah. there you go. Yeah. Anyway, but um, obviously, so welcome back, everyone. As I just touched on, uh, like we just said, a huge thank you to um, to Ashley and to Oliver from Newcastle United Foundation. That was a fantastic interview, and I um, uh, I realised I've not played the pre-record yet with Becky, have I? I realised I was supposed to do that. Yeah. Um, so we'll do that at the end of this interview as well. Um, and then, as I jokingly said to you, Ricky, we may have chance for mental health news. Oh. Finally. <laughs> mental <laughs> health old news. Yeah, mental health old news. Mental health olds. That's what we're going to call it, yeah. Just delving in the archives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We just play a pre-record of us doing mental health news. That'd be it funny. should be like, on this day, you know when you watch news icons? Yeah, On this day, last time we did mental health news. But yeah, at underscore mentally sound, if you've got any any questions for us uh, we really appreciate it but yeah we'll not keep Tracy waiting any longer so um, the 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 the, um, the prelude I'm going to say to this is that uh, homelessness has been uh, quite seriously a thing that we've talked about passionately for a really long time we were actually saying well we are fair the, in our old radio station we used to do stuff about homelessness and they used to help out at Monument and stuff as well so we're delighted to say Tracy Guy who is the um, manager of the Newcastle Hub of Shelter one of the the, the big I'm pretty certain the biggest uh, in England and Scotland 
and uh, joins us now in the studio. Hello, Tracy. Hello, thanks very much for having me. You're very welcome. Um, as I say, I'm super excited to have you on because obviously homelessness is a, a huge, huge thing to talk about. Um, uh, but I guess first of all, I'm going to continue with my trend of, of guests on this show to ask how you are first of all. It's a mental well. health show, so I thought I'd ask you how you're doing. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <so> <laughs> It'd be great if you just went, I'm actually not actually, uh, um, we'd, we'd be happy to delve into it if you weren't very happy, but, um, I'm pleased to hear you well. Um, so yeah, um, obviously the, the other good thing about, um, notes is when people, when we say manager, obviously people might just think, well, you run things or that sort of thing, but from your point of view, what does your job entail if you don't mind us asking? Goodness. <laughs> Where to start? Yeah. Um, so I basically manage all the services that go out to Newcastle Hub. So okay. that means any vice services, any support services, any community services across the whole of the North East. So okay. technically we cover 12 local authorities, which mm-hmm. is massive. Yeah, um, that's huge. Yeah. In reality, it probably is the six northern ones really because right. of geographically where we are and where we're okay. based. So. And where are you based? Where's the shelter? So at Pilgrim Street, bottom of Pilgrim Street, ah, yes. just where the time yeah. bridge is. Yeah, yeah. Opposite Metro Radio, if I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> Unite, it's not the Unite building, is it? It's the Unison building, Unison yeah, yeah, we share yeah, that yeah, building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've, um, I actually have been to your place before, I believe, because um, I've only just remembered this, but um, I, I guess I'll say it because it's on my mind, is that um, uh, there was a period of time, because I went into a psychiatric ward because right. I had bipolar disorder, and uh, in the build-up to me, uh, in the build-up to me waiting for a place to to, to live because um, I got um, ASA and stuff like that, but I was waiting for the money to come in and stuff like that. So I had a situation where I couldn't go home because um, I didn't have a great relationship with my mum at the time. Um, but for, so I was like going to I went to your organisation to okay. to ask for help. I do remember that now because I remember exactly where it was. Suddenly my brain went that thing that you forgot about uh, and small, um, small world, eh? yeah, and it's you were very nice. They were very they were very helpful. Oh, but luckily I did. See say when I went to like a one-on-one session mm-hmm. I believe it was yeah. that I did say to them there's a chance that a friend of mine's going to get back to me and says I could stay there until mm-hmm. I get accommodation and that when that happened so I never actually um, and these were like great we're glad to hear it so yeah, anyway far better sometimes than other options yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean there's there's, a, there's so many things to ask first of all but um I guess the the thing that we were in 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 a in a prelude for you to coming on earlier, we were talking about um, how homelessness, what we think's fair to say, is quite a, a, an issue in in the northeast of England in particular. Um, from your point of view, um, uh, uh, what what would you say is the general general um, uh, situation with it now, as it were? Um, how, is it is it how how are we doing in terms of homelessness? Okay, so it's way more visible yep. than it used to be. I think everybody would agree with that. Yep. Um, I think that's probably the thing that worries us the most. It's like it's very visible housing emergency that we've got yep. in place, but that's only the tip of the iceberg. So kind of for every person that's rough sleeping, there's 50 people behind that that are in temporary accommodation mm. that are you know, struggling and it's not the right type of accommodation and it is what it says on the, on the tin, mm. it's temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the northeast, we're, we're not kind of out of that danger zone. Yes, it's way more prevalent and worse in the south, um, but it's, it's largely due to the lack of social housing, obviously. You know, at the end of the day, we haven't got enough affordable, decent, suitable type of accommodation to be able to house the people that we want to house and be able to give them the options that they want that they need um, in terms of that. Yep. And so I think 
whilst Newcastle especially are doing some really good work and I think they should be applauded for some of the stuff they're doing you know we're we're part of the Street Zero initiative that started in 2018 which has Mm. brought together a whole host of organisations like statutory agencies and voluntary agencies to end homelessness by 2022 which is five years ahead of the was a a council council initiative wasn't it the Street Zero campaign yeah Yeah. so it's it's, is it like an umbrella coalition of sorts then which shelter is part of yeah absolutely so it's kind of it's run by a charity um, that Bob Eldridge kind of is is chair of and then it's collaboration with the mm. city council and then they've brought in people like shelter like mm. crisis like um the dwp mm. health probation loads of other kind mm-hmm. of support um agencies that are in the city and other kind of council mm-hmm. housing type people you know social housing providers to try and solve the problem and try and tackle the problem and and like your last guests kind of alluded to it's it's about evidence basing mm-hmm. things it's not about sitting in a room and kind of making an assumption about what what is the problem what are we looking at what have we got it's about gathering that evidence mm-hmm. and understanding what we need to do mm-hmm. and part of that will be to kind of Remorph the offer for people as time mm. goes on. So Newcastle have got big hostels mm. um, that are not always the best suitable places for people. You know, especially people who've got mental health problems. And people come to our office. You know, we get a lot of single men who come to our office with multiple mental health problems, struggling to navigate mm. the benefits system, yeah. and are subject to all kinds of things like bedroom tax and mm. you know the the housing benefit rates not being high enough for them to get private rented sector mm. project tenancy mm-hmm. you've got people who you know those types of people are the people who landlords in the private rented sector are saying no no you're on universal credit we're not taking you we're not going to get our money that you're was delayed, uh, you know, all of that i think me and steve were thinking universal yeah when was that going to be brought yeah, up yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a ask. common it's a common theme yeah we just about to say the transition we have a universal joke right. like whenever someone mentions it which is a trap door or something <laughs> like just mention yeah yeah the yeah, elephant yeah, in the room yeah, thing yeah, yeah it's like a, it's like in the like in it's in a little drawer that we never open <laughs> yeah uh, uh, yeah but uh, um uh, you know, I, I have a lived experience in that sense because um, when you were saying that, it was just it was just teleporting me to as I just touched on when I got uh, when I was waiting for to find a rented accommodation uh, because obviously people go down the route of renting in, in them a lot of them situations. So it took me a really long time, uh, long which is why I was um, going through different like sleeping on friends' couches mm-hmm. for about a month, yeah. waiting for. Um, I'm not in that situation now, thank God, but. Um, but yeah, the the, um, the finding someone who's willing to accept you um, on any sort of benefits is is quite hard. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I as someone who's been for that experience, I can definitely confirm that it, it's 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 probably something people who aren't in that situation think. Well, it must be it can't be that hard, and it really is because some cases, especially universal credit, there's that six week waiting period or whatever it is now, which is terrible. Yeah. Um, which I know there there's huge um, you know campaigns to stop that from happening. Mm-hmm. I hope that that succeeds, but. Um, um, so I'm in, I'm interested because, uh, and I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll pass to Ricky because I'm sure he's got something to ask you. But um, when you said the, uh, I was curious because I think maybe people picked this up like I did. When you said that it's more visible, that made that piqued my curiosity because mm-hmm. is it a case of? Is it a case of it's more visible as in it? It is just that it's more visible, or has it gotten worse? No, it's definitely gotten worse. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think since 2010, there's been like a 165 percent increase mm-hmm. in homelessness. Yeah across the whole of Britain. Yes. Um, and that's really probably an underestimate. Yeah. Because ultimately, what happens is local authorities have to do a count on one night of the year. Okay. So some will do an estimate, some will go out and find people who were sleeping on the streets, and then they'll send those figures into the government to kind of give mm-hmm. us a rough idea of what rough sleeping we've got. Yep. But ultimately, you've got, <coughs> excuse me, you've got women and people from ethnic minorities who will 
won't be visible on the street because they're frightened of being attacked or something mm-hmm. happening. So for a start, you're not counting those groups. Yeah, yeah. There'll be other groups that are kind of hidden away as well. There'll be people who are not in town centres that are rough sleeping but in parks, kind of, you know, outskirts of Newcastle that yeah. will never get picked up on those one-night counts. Mm, of so course, the, yeah. the number is way higher. Mm-hmm. I think it's more it's visible. Uh, it's like, it's reminiscent when I used to maybe go down London like many years back and mm-hmm. used to see the level homeless there. And it's it's almost like picturing what I used to see down there, up yeah, here. Yeah. And I'm also interested, as Stephen alluded to there, it piqued, it, it piqued my interest as well because you see, it's like if you see that one person, but they're representative of a whole lot of people mm-hmm. behind them. So it's not just the one person yeah. you're seeing there. There's a whole group of people, isn't there? So yeah, it makes absolutely. it more a bigger problem than we probably... Yeah. And I think people, they're already really shocked by mm. the numbers of people on our streets. And if they really understood how many people were then behind that figure, mm. you know, that one for every 50 that hidden, mm. that's phenomenal in terms of what we're really experiencing and why we've really got housing. So it's one in, one in 50 you're seeing? Well, one it? rough sleeper right. replaced to 50 okay. people that are hidden in wow. accommodation. Okay. Really, it's that yeah, scale, absolutely. one in 50, wow. Yeah. That is that. That's, that's huge. Mm-hmm. huge. Absolutely huge. Um, so I guess um, what the interesting game I wanted to play now, because I was going to joke, um, you can close my, uh, if, if there was an open like uh, project of me getting a house, I'm fine now. You can close my <laughs> Count because uh, I don't. Uh, I never. I don't know whether or not I told you that I was fine, but uh, I'm fine. Uh, but that, that's just you. That's that's my joking aspect of that. But this, but um, I was interested in playing the game off because I'm sure people listening to this will find this interesting. Uh, what I'm about asking that if I played the game of say I'm a homeless person and mm-hmm. I come to your organisation, mm-hmm. what is the process like? You know, can can we go from like what's the opening process to like what are the stages to go through in order mm-hmm. to give someone accommodation? Yeah. Okay. So. Within the hub, we offer kind of different levels of advice. Okay. So we have self-guided help, which is basically where somebody can come in and be helped by a staff member or a volunteer. So we've got 20-odd volunteers in the hub, and they did 5,000 hours worth of volunteering last year. It's brilliant. I'm so grateful to all of them who come and do work for us. Mm -hmm. Um, But you might just need help with registering for housing, basically. Mm -hmm. So we have computers, and we have phones, and we have people to help you ring somebody or go on the internet and search for a property or ring a landlord you know that so it might be that you're that sort of person who can cope with just having that level of help yep. but actually your problem might be more severe than that so you might come to us with really more complexity and more challenges and more things going on that actually can't be done just by making a few mm-hmm. phone calls or going on the computer mm-hmm. so you basically will see somebody who will do an interview and kind of pull out all the issues that are going on and look at kind of what is happening with your health what's happening with previous housing what's happening kind of with all of the holisticness around you as an individual to try and form a picture about what then we can do in terms of talking to the local authority homeless teams okay mm-hmm. so an advisor will then get on the phone to the local authority and say we've got this person here this is the circumstances we want to make a homeless application for this person okay nine times out of ten we get good local authorities and i'm talking kind of across the northeast rather than just newcastle and they'll go yeah okay that's fine we'll take a homeless application and depending on what the person's circumstances are they then get offered somewhere to stay that night great so in Newcastle, they're brilliant. They don't look at what we call priority. So what they'll do is even, regardless of whether you've got a priority need, so a vulnerability, but this yep. makes you more vulnerable than the next person to be on the street, yep. basically. Yeah. They'll try and find you a bed for the night, whether that's in a hospital Great. or you know wherever. Um, other local authorities are not as kind as that, and mm-hmm. partly that's because they don't have the housing stock and partly because of probably some of their practices and internal cultures and things like that. Mm-hmm. 
you'll always get local authorities who turn around and say, actually, we're just not housing this person for whatever mm. reason, and that can be a multitude of reasons, and that's when we step it up. Okay. That's when the kind of specialist legal element of our service really kicks in. So the advisor can do so much and make so many legal challenges, but then it will go to a solicitor that works out of our office. So we, employ, we employ two solicitors mm. within our Newcastle office. Mm-hmm. They will then use the law to make it happen, basically. Okay. Um, and if that means we're at court challenging them with judicial review which is like that kind of top thing that you can do yeah I guess that's um, as far as it can go no really, counsel yeah, wants yeah. to see themselves in front of a judge having to explain mm-hmm. why they didn't do something mm-hmm. that they should have done um, mm-hmm. and basically is that your phone <laughs> basically that's what would happen um, so that's what we do yeah, so fun. don't worry don't, about don't that don't worry about it happens is that your manager say, is it, is it, that's your above person in a team this is not going very well uh, <laughs> you need to stop seeing <laughs> yeah. yeah just leave now these are too nice these people um no that's what um, i really like your sort of multi sort of pronged approach to to dealing with each case because mm-hmm. i imagine mental health is something that's quite common amongst some of the cases you deal with Gosh, i remember uh, i alluded to this in a previous show but um when dealing with homelessness and, and this sort of news team went out and spoke to a homeless person <coughs> and he actually said that uh, you know I was given accommodation, mm-hmm. but I just didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. They're implying obviously that he didn't get the the, the help the help needed for his mm-hmm. mental health needs. Therefore, he basically didn't know how to look after himself. Yeah. So it was no wonder they ended up back in the streets mm-hmm. again. Is that a common thing that you do you, you've heard of? And yeah, yeah, I mean nationally we help millions. It's of people. not just about just giving someone accommodation. No, is it's it? not. It's yeah. not. And I mean nationally we do we help millions of people who are struggling with bad housing or homelessness. Yeah. Locally. Over 50% of the people who come to our hub report that they've got mental health problems. Over 50, right. And some of the projects that we run, that's over 75% of the people say they've got a mental health problem. Mm -hmm. And that can be... They've got stress or anxiety or depression, right up to um, schizophrenia, bipolar, things that, you know, are in need of serious medication. And often the people that we see aren't medicated. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not in touch with their GP. Um, Mm -hmm. They're in a state of chaos and they're they're really, really struggling. Mm -hmm. And to give them bricks and mortar at that point actually does nothing for the situation. And it breaks down really, really quickly. I was going to say, like, I guess... go from A to Z without going through all the other... Absolutely. All the other letters, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I get just back on what you just said there, is that um, you can kind of understand why they haven't looked at the bigger picture because they're not looking at the little uh, you know idiosyncrasies of their own life and yeah, you know how can they deal with you know that's why I think you know this is just my personal opinion is that I just think sometimes that's why I think people don't have enough empathy sometimes in them situations because sometimes it can be a situation that's completely out of their control and you know this I I get very frustrated when people go you didn't uh, like react to that the way you should and I'm like reactions are not you some, very often you can't control mm-hmm. so some like for example if somebody who you care about passes away this idea that someone goes you should have dealt with that grief way better and I'm like but like you, you, grief comes at you and like the way you handle it is only the best that you can so you know there's, I just think there's certain situations where empathy would be good in that situation yeah, we all you deal know. with things in our own unique um, way in a way and there's no yeah. set given way in that so yeah, yeah. there was yeah. a guy who turned up last week mm-hmm. who he, he'd been on the streets and he'd been homeless and the council had actually put him into a hostel bed into an emergency hostel bed he okay. already had loads mm. of mental health problems right and he came into our office the next day and, and, and he was petrified absolutely petrified of going back to this hostel mm. environment it was an environment completely alien to him mm-hmm. he spent all night awake worried mm. sick about what was going to happen to him so mm. it was bricks and mortar mm. but actually he was at the point where he'd come into our office saying I can't yeah. go back I'd rather be on the streets and yeah. actually I'm going to hurt myself if I have to go back okay we spent 
we had an advisor sit with him from 10 o'clock in the morning till half past five mm-hmm. at night, mm-hmm. working with him to try and get mental health agencies involved. Mm-hmm. She was on backwards and forwards on the phone to his GP, backwards and forwards on the phone to the mental health crisis team who then ended up coming out to our office and talking to him and then going again. Mm-hmm. And on backwards and forwards trying to find him different supported accommodation mm-hmm. that better met his needs. Yes. And, it, and it's just... You know, we're a voluntary organisation and we're trying to juggle between kind of all of these statutory agencies and he's falling between the gaps of housing of kind of saying, but this is our offer, mm-hmm. so this this will this will do you, this is fine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Clearly it wasn't yeah, in any way, course, shape yeah. or form. And actually, you know, he'd already had a history of suicide. It was really, really important that he mm-hmm. went somewhere else. That, yeah, it's ignoring yeah. it's ignoring him as an individual. Absolutely. We're yeah. sat in the middle doing the challenge that like, this is unsuitable accommodation. We're trying to be the advocate between housing and social care and trying to say to the crisis team and adult social care this is your responsibility as well you know this gentleman needs help he needs somebody to intervene with his mental health and put some wraparound mental health in in place and thank god at the end of the day we all went home knowing that he'd gone somewhere a lot better and he was much happier and calmer i mean clearly he's still very do you think on the back of what you just said there really really fascinating and interesting is there an issue with it, how we deal with the terminology? Because if we think homelessness, we just think lack of housing. Mm-hmm. We don't think about the, the the substance behind it, why it's occurred. Do we need to change terminology, or do we need to change the way we think about it? What, what would your I think on that? that the problem that we've got is that homelessness is stigmatised in its own sense, in, yeah. the, in, the, in lots of the same ways that mental health is stigmatised. Yeah. Um, and people make loads of assumptions around yeah. why people are homeless, and mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of blame game around why people are homeless and therefore we stop thinking about actually Mm. what's the reason for this person to end up in the situation that they're in and it's you know it's never out of choice Mm. Uh, the thing that the thing that this is i guess um the thing that i'm gonna admit to is that the the thing that i find very uncomfortable with it when when you talk to just i guess the way people sort of react in general society because you see the you say, you know and even the places that i i live in heaven and it's like the, i still see the odd homeless person mm-hmm. and it is just kind of like a case study in itself to just you could just sit there and just look at the way people react and behave and they do and i would say most people that i come across or witness and particularly in newcastle as well is this is this sort of um assumption you know when you were talking about assumptions the thing that makes me uncomfortable is people always assume they aren't really homeless mm-hmm. and i find that uncomfortable because i go like uh, uncomfortable in terms of i go well I don't really like this idea of assuming someone's guilty um, mm-hmm. before yeah. even. I don't even know these people, so I'm going to assume that they are guilt, that they are homeless and that, that they are in need of the money and all that sort of thing. But people is is that maybe is that maybe I know I'm just making this generalised because we don't want to be um, sort of controversial, I guess. But do you think that's in general just people who just prefer not to deal with something? I think it feels like to me that they're putting people in a box to say, oh, it mustn't be real. It's not as bad as I think it is, or something. Or what's the reason people? And I guess the, 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 the byproduct of that question is ha- what is the best way of approaching a homeless person uh, on the back of that, mm-hmm. would you say? I think that probably we've become desensitised yeah. as a society, perhaps. Probably. Um, yeah. And because it's so visible now, mm-hmm. I think people then yeah. actually do box people off into certain yeah. categories. And I would say there's an issue with media here as well in the way they describe absolutely. it because like, I've listened to in on conversations and it's really hard for me not to be angry. It's like when you say, when people make assumptions about people that go into food banks or, or, or people are in the street begging and they think, oh, well, you know, it's an easy for them or mm-hmm. people who are, you know, depend on benefits, whatever. Why 
Why do you feel the need to make the obvious assumption there just because of a, a narrative that you might have heard, therefore it's true? Mm. Do you know what I mean? It, it's, it's No, no, totally. It's yeah. depressing, yeah. yeah. It's really unkind, isn't it, for mm-hmm. people to behave that way. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, we, what we say in terms of if somebody's on the street mm-hmm. is report them to Streetlink, basically. So you mm-hmm. can, Streetlink are on, on the website, so it's just streetlink.org.uk. Okay. And what they will do is then contact the local authority that 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 person is in and get the outreach team to go out and speak to them and see if they can kind of get them into accommodation and get them off the street okay in terms of something that you might want to do immediately i guess hot drinks food mm. that kind of stuff is the stuff that that was the general idea in it because i think people feel a little bit um skeptical about giving them money because of this yeah. aspect of the assume that they've got maybe an alcohol or drug problem which again is a i think a well, horrible this goes back to a point steve do you remember in the previous show where, where i talked in mental health news where i touched upon homelessness and i, and I made the case study of four different cities oh that's and, right yeah i remember yeah. that yeah. so newcastle at the time unfortunately there was they had this poster campaign, didn't they, about not giving money mm-hmm. and, and you know so forth. Well, you know, don't agree with that, but there you go. Um, Middlesbrough, where had, had their council had put out like a crisis team, which went out and saw people and, and you know dealt with them appropriately. I thought, considering beforehand they did it in a similar way Newcastle was mm-hmm. about not giving, so they did a bit of a U-turn, which is a good thing. Uh, I made the case in point about Edinburgh, who um, were hiring homeless people to do like tourist. Um, guidance mm-hmm. things you know across the city which yeah. seem to be successful and then yeah it's about uh, it, it's almost like each council each place has a their own way of doing it there's no sort of national policy is there is no. that frustrating in that you would wish there was a more of a collective effort in one positive direction if you see what i mean yeah i think um i suppose our we would want to oh, sorry the other example i was just going to say sorry i just remembered windsor council because it was the time of the royal wedding mm-hmm. and they didn't want people to oh, they wanted to clear <laughs> everyone out of the way so the whole world <laughs> would not have to see the the level of homelessness there Indeed, yeah. Yeah. God. I, I think we would want to look at the kind of the higher level strategic mm. stuff i think all of the hubs that we've got across the across britain and scotland yeah. do this whole face-to-face telephone mm-hmm. advice thing individual cases are worked on and helped at day, day in day out mm-hmm. and then what we do in terms of nationally is we look at the campaigns that we mm-hmm. can run to make a change for everybody mm-hmm. and make th- those bigger changes mm-hmm. and you know our call to urge the government to build this 3.1 million social houses mm-hmm. um in the next 20 years is our kind of call for saying right okay if we get this right if we can build the houses mm-hmm then we've got somewhere for people to live yeah. that is genuinely affordable. We've got an option mm. that's not private rented sector that doesn't home mm. people into to somewhere that's maybe not suitable mm. in the best shape where possible. Yeah. I think we would absolutely advocate for the kind of model where you, you uh, people who have got lived experience mm. go out and do those kind of activities mm. and those jobs. So in Shelter have got grow traineeships, which is basically people who've got lived experience of homelessness come and work for us. Yeah. And, in a kind of apprenticeship way, but they use their lived experience mm. to develop services and to Great. feed into stuff. So yeah. we're learning from the experts. You know, we're not the experts. We're not the experts. They're the experts on what's happened in their life. And they and if they're if we're fortunate enough for them to tell us about mm. that and share that, then that's amazing because it can just make things way better. Going back to the terminology point I was making before, we should also mention the issue of sofa surfing and and people actually live inside in vehicles because I yep. don't think. This is obvious assumption as well, isn't it? The homelessness therefore mean equalizes. Well, it equates to someone being out visibly in the street yeah. when it's 
Well, it's a deeper problem, that isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we get quite a lot of people who are sofa surfing. I mean, that's the second highest reason for people being homeless is that right. friends and family can't keep them on their couch or the spare yeah. room or whatever anymore. Um, we get people through our office that yeah. are sleeping in cars. We had a guy who was sleeping in his van for a year right. with his dog um, because everywhere that they offered him wouldn't take the dog. Oh, yeah, the dog. Was I would do that. I've got two dogs. It's the, only, it's the only thing that kept him going. It was yeah. his friend, and actually, it made his mental health manageable for him. Mm-hmm. He couldn't manage his mental health without mm-hmm. that companion, and I get mm-hmm. it completely. That's no, it's interesting. The, the homeless people I even saw a couple today on my way here. Um, they always have, seem to have dogs, and I'm wondering, yeah. is that maybe the reason, is that they can't get places that dogs are accepted? Yeah, yeah I was there's, thinking there's that. nowhere to dogs. So, oh, right. so there is some places that will kind of foster an animal for a little while, okay. and then give them back if the person then mm. moves into accommodation and I see. have them but yeah unless you get that's your own front door yeah you, don't, you can't that's such a shame yeah. I can see why it, that's a horrible situation oh, yeah. to be in I, I, as a person who's got two dogs I would find that really hard how big is the issue with um, like rogue landlords banned landlords I mean I, I think for, through some community work I've been doing mm. recently I know that that has an impact on, on, on like the vulnerable renters well-being that lack of secure roof over the head knowing that they might get kicked out for things that's beyond them as I say mental health issues or or as it problems with with neighbors but not entirely their fault and mm-hmm. they get the blame that kind of thing yeah yeah so there's, there's a minority of rogue landlords that exist yeah. um but when they do mm-hmm. the impact is adverse on the people who are their tenants basically yeah. so you know if you're in a property with a rogue landlord you don't know your rights you're potentially mm-hmm. being harassed mm-hmm. you're subject to an illegal eviction for instance it's discriminating as well because obviously a lot of them don't like people on benefits, for example. Well, that's what we were talking yeah. about before, yeah, isn't yeah. it? About this kind of whole refusal of mm. taking people who are on universal credit. Yeah. But I mean, people's, it influences people's mental health massively when yeah. you've got a rogue landlord because yeah. clearly there's a power shift mm-hmm. there and somebody who's kind of threatened with not having somewhere to live mm-hmm. because this rogue landlord is, you know, mm-hmm. calling all the shots and stuff has a massive impact on somebody's mental health and it stops them from moving on very often and it just keeps them in kind of a cycle of really awfulness. And we've now got a um, National Landlord Register Mm -hmm. and banning orders. So that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But what Shelter kind of want to see is that that goes public Mm -hmm. so that renters can see landlords that are on that and make decisions about who they want to rent from. Absolutely. Why should that be secret? Absolutely. I don't think that doesn't make sense. Yeah, and give councils more money to be Mm -hmm. able to stamp those kind of landlords Mm -hmm. out. So... You know, I'm, I, I'm sit on strategic groups for Newcastle that look at this kind of thing, and it's great, and they're doing really good work. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, there's never enough money in the pot to be able to yeah. do the work that they want to do. Yeah, I mean, um, we were we, we've talked to a couple of organisations uh, about, for example, uh, like debt collecting and mm-hmm. and gambling associations and stuff like that. And uh, one of the things that uh, we had a guy who we had a guy who who runs a think tank for Martin Lewis about okay. gambling and uh, yeah. debt collecting and stuff like that. Money, money and mental it, health. Yeah, money, mental health. Yeah, and he. Um, and he and he made a really good point of, for and I'm sure this 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 uh, ties into to, to stuff the shelter does, um, threatening letters and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and, uh, and you know and stuff like that really doesn't help situations in that yeah. sense when you get a letter to remind you like you know you're doing appallingly badly and all that sort of thing. That must never help people with people with mental health oh, if they're being threatened. Someone with mental threatened. health are going to put um, those you know. Eviction threatening letters. We'll, we'll just file them away. Just, yeah, just they yeah. Open yeah. Them. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we often see people at the point where actually they're at court the next day mm-hmm. and they've never they didn't even know about it yeah. because they were so ill and yeah. then that's made worse by yeah. the constant yeah. you know brown or white letter envelope yeah. mm-hmm. through the yeah. door and as 
I think that because uh, we do a mental health show, I think a good summary about this is what you said earlier about um, you deal with the problem at hand that's stopping them doing all these things. This idea of going like, you know, just punishing them more and more and more. It's like, if you need to go to the core of the problem first, and then if they can start prospering in that sense, then you can start thinking about, right, we're going to put these structures in place and stuff. When you said the bricks and mortars thing, I thought you were spot on with that. Can I ask a really, um, la- really quick last yeah, question? Yeah, very quickly. Um, regarding... Um, Domestic violence is something else we've talked about in this show because we know with like cuts we've alluded to before, a lot of women's refuges, for example, being closed down and they end up sometimes homeless. Has there been cases of that that you've dealt with? Um, I mean, we would strongly say that closing any kind of specialist service like domestic violence services is horrendous and it's devastating consequences Mm -hmm. on people. We haven't experienced the issues in terms of people not having somewhere to go. Mm -hmm. Um, We get quite a lot of domestic abuse through the door, Mm -hmm. um, and it's horrific always. Mm -hmm. Um, But we work really closely with getting people into refuges or planned moves out of where they are into something different. So it's not... A refuge isn't for everybody. It yeah. should be there as an option, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but there are other ways of, of people leaving domestic abuse okay. situations that they can control and feel mm-hmm. safer mm-hmm. doing that, I guess. Mm. And there's male victims of that as well, not absolutely, just female. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Only just two weeks ago, we, did, that we had point, a male yeah. victim who we had to right. move out of his home. And, he, and actually, he didn't recognise he was the victim of domestic abuse. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, we've, we've said this a lot of the time. The statistics for a very long time, it's, it's just... And, and obviously, this is the reported ones. It's actually 50-50. Yeah. Most of the time, it's fifty-fifty. Um, it's just again, I think the the overriding phrase is that it seems to be sort of uh, more pushed that women come out and say because it say that they're abused, but like men, I think there's a, there's an obvious stigma of the as you say that I don't realize it, or they have this step up a lip of like I'm a man and I, I you know I you know that so I should the be stronger. Or, yeah. the man up culture about it, yeah, exactly. and it's and it's, mm-hmm. it's domestic abuse. There's no way around it. It's exactly the same, so they should be treated accordingly. Uh, it's wonderful talking to you. We've been talking forever. Sorry, I didn't realize how long it was. Like, um, but it was just so it was so interesting. Um, and yeah, and I, another thing that I saw that was great as well is um, is you, you guys have been around since '66. Yeah, that's right. And I was like, the, another good reason about '66, not just the <laughs> World Cup people since so Shelter came around. Um, football reference there, yeah. So, um, yeah, but yeah, so Shelter. We just not Spice to do a football show. Yeah, exactly. yeah, well, why not? Why not? Yeah. It's been very football heavy. Yeah, it's not normally, but um, but no, it's it just um, I guess, uh, uh, and I'm being very serious about this. Is um, I hear nothing but good things about Shelter, and the fact that it's been around for such a long time, I think, is an obvious indication that it works and it's a good idea. And I think the wonderful thing about, I think, the good summary about this thing, because if there's anyone listening to this. Who's in a situation where, like, you know, they're they're worried about losing the house or whatever, or feel like they're going to become homeless or whatever it may be. The uh, what I really think would, if I was in your situation, which I said I was in briefly, if I think back to that time, if I knew going into that meeting that I was going to get help for not just the homelessness mm-hmm. side of it, but if there's something wrong, you would help. You know, or like that when an example you gave of a person being there for like eight hours helping yeah. a person through something. That's so wonderful because it isn't just. I I used to find with organisations or services that if they look at it in such a simplistic way, you're not going to get a huge amount of progress. Yeah. So the fact that like homelessness is an aspect of it, but why are they homeless and how can we get them to be consistently not homeless? Mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful that you guys do that, and obviously the legal stuff as well. If they're getting yeah. any problems and stuff, so um the website I'm on now is uh well it's it's doing www.shelter.org.uk is, yep. but I'm on the England one because there's a Scottish one there too is. 
Um, so you can you can check all that out and obviously as I say well another thing as well is you do a little bit number of different services as well which I'll touch on just now but to wrap things up is to not only do you do face to face but online help as well which is yeah. great you have an emergency helpline which actually do you know the number of hands because uh, 0808 great so yeah that's open 356 days a year yeah. 365 days a year so <laughs> being a long day uh, and obviously as I just touched on it, I'm reading off the website because it says a number of different things also offers legal support which you just touched on um which is fantastic um oh it's been such a pleasure um thank you so much for joining us um and uh yeah i hope it wasn't too um i hope it wasn't too stressful (laughs) did you enjoy did you have a nice time you listened to the last one we uh the the last one we did which is really nice so um yeah tracy thank you so much indeed been a real pleasure thank you um so what we're going to do now uh guys is um the pre-record um that i i was supposed to play earlier which i completely forgot about um so do you want to actually see who it is and everything yeah yeah so the intro um so whilst um browsing on facebook um you get a little sidebar where they say like gigs you might be interested in through your like networking so it's at the bar local june the 7th and i i got in touch with the 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 young lass who's organizing it and i thought she couldn't make it to the studio because she's away she's in barcelona hi becky for listening <laughs> to the barcelona posse so yeah we did a quick uh, pre-record over the phone and skype so um yeah, mm-hmm. what becomes across it's about ten minutes long, and yeah. then we're going to play a song after that. And so, what we're going to do now is actually before I do that, is I'm going to play the ads early, which I know they're okay with as long as we play them roundabout. Because um, what we're going to do now, because we played the um, Ramadan thing, we're going to go for a little bit longer past two o'clock. It's ten two now, so we're going to play this now. Um, we're going to then uh, we'll play the ads. We're going to play the pre-record that uh, you just mentioned, and then we're going to come back and do mental health news for fifteen minutes, and then we'll finish about quarter past. So um, that's what's going to happen now. So this is we're going to play some ads first, and then we're going to play Ricky's interview with Becky uh, from Calm um, and then there'll be a song uh, after that and we'll be back in the studio right after this Sick of the same old radio sound (sighs) Then you need Vibrant Radio Spice up your life Spice FM 98.8 FM Newcastle शहर में ग्रोसरी की दुनिया में एक ही मारूफ ना M.A. Brothers جہاں پر روز مرہ کے استعمال کی ہر چیز دستیاب ہے آپ کی خدمت میں عرصہ دراز سے پیش پیش ایم اے برادرز رمضان المبارک کے بابرکت مہینے میں اپنے کرم فرماؤں کے لیے اسپیشل آفر دستیاب ہیں آئیے اور خدمت کا موقع دیجیے ایم اے برادرز ایلزک روڈ نیو کاسل ٹیلیفون نمبر او ون نائن ون ٹو سیون تھری ون زیرو ون سکس ایم اے برادرز فیشن کی دنیا میں ایک نیا نام منفرد اور جدید نصرت بی ہاؤس آف ڈیزائن جہاں پر آپ کو خواتین کی نت نئے ڈیزائنوں کی جولری خوبصورت بیگ پرسز کلچز شوز ڈیزائنر سوٹس کے علاوہ میک اپ کا سامان آئی برو تھریڈنگ مہدی اور شادی بیاہ کا سامان دستیاب ہے آئیے اور ہمیں خدمت کا موقع دیجیے نصرت بی ہاؤس آف ڈیزائن نمبر فائیو ننزمور روڈ پینم نیو کاسل این ای فور نائن اے یو مزید معلومات کے لیے ٹیلی فون نمبر زیرو ڈبل سیون ڈبل ایٹ سکس زیرو نائن سیون فور نائن پر رابطہ کیجیے پھر نہ کہیو پتہ نہیں لگا نصرت بی ہاؤس آف ڈیزائن نیو کاسل If you keep gold jewellery, cash or irreplaceable items at home, then make the right move. At Newcastle Vaults, you can rent your own safe deposit locker with seven-day access from less than £3 a week. That's less than £3 a week to keep your gold and valuables safe and secure. To find out more or reserve your safe deposit box, call 0191-249-4789 or see newcastlevaults.co.uk. Think security. 
Think Newcastle Vaults. Planning a wedding? Wouldn't it be great if you could go to one place for everything? Well, now you can. Chai Events is your local event specialist that can help you with venues, catering, decor and entertainment for your event. We can save you money and let you come to your own function as a guest and leave as a guest. Call us to discuss your requirements with no obligation. 0191 603 0633. Find us on Facebook or log on at chaievents.co.uk. वतन फूड स्टोर वेस्ट रोड न्यूकासल जहां पर आपको ताजा फ्रूट सब्जियां और हलाल मीट हर वक्त दस्तियाब है रमजान मुबारक में खास रियायत आइए और हमें खिदमत का मौका दीजिए वतन फूड स्टोर वेस्ट रोड न्यूकासल टेलीफोन नंबर 0191272248 वतन फूड स्टोर 24 hours a day, seven days a week. This is Lenti Sound. This is Ricky speaking. I'm doing my first pre-record in quite a while, actually, so I'm kind of excited by this. This is all due to because my my next guest, a young lass called Becky, who is putting on a fundraising gig, I think it is, or awareness raising gig regarding the theme of male suicide prevention. She won't be there on Friday live on 4G, but she was very good to join me to do this pre-record. Um, so we'll see how this goes, and uh, maybe later on at a later date we'll get to see in the studio and she can tell us how the, the gig went and so forth. Um, so hello Becky, how are you? Hello, I'm very good, thanks. How are you? I'm alright, thanks for joining me. You're very um, welcome. I remember in our... In our conversations online, you were you were um, quite curious to how I found out about the gig. So I was, um, I think it must have just been Facebook, one of those sidebar things about gigs you might be interested in, um, uh-huh. incomparable to other gigs that I've been doing or attending. Um, so when I saw this uh, gig, it was it's at the Bar Local on June seventh. It's Friday. It's seven thirty. Um, Obviously, this my ears pricked up, and I was very keen to talk to you. So, before we learn a bit more about you, Becky, can you tell us and listeners um, how this gig came about and what was the inspiration behind it? Yeah, of course. Um, so basically, I did a similar thing last year. I lived in Manchester, mm-hmm. um, and sort of it's quite a, a sensitive subject um, right. to myself personally, and it's just something that I feel isn't you know, talked about enough um, in general anyway, but I wanted to do something a bit more fun, um, just something that might be a bit more sort of enjoyable for everyone to come along to and, and raise both money and awareness. That was the aim of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did it last year in Manchester, um, and it was really great. We had loads of really good bands, like just local bands, mm-hmm. um, and raised uh, over a grand and a half, which was brilliant. And then mm. I decided to do the same in Newcastle this year, so I'm really looking forward to actually doing it um, in Newcastle. Am I right that you're? Again. Am I right that you're also a psychology graduate? Am I, right? I am. I am. So I did psychology at uni, and then I did health psychology as a master's as well. All right. So I guess you yeah. put you put two and two together: your kind of background and what you just studied in, and something you felt passionate about raising awareness of. 
Um, yeah, definitely. Was there anything else regarding, like, any backstories, or were you inspired by certain people, or was there a case in question that might have helped you to do yeah, it? Yeah, um, so I lost a sort of wider family member um, to suicide a few years ago, That's and that sort of, yeah. obviously, was, was a really hard time for yeah. um, a lot of people that I'm close to, and I mm-hmm. really saw how it doesn't just affect you know, the smaller people that, you know, may be closer to someone, but it affects so many people. Um, and the more that I got into learning about it, I realised how much of a huge issue it is. And reading statistics, you know, like um, being the biggest killer of men under yeah. 45 just absolutely shocked me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess from that, I just sort of decided this is something I really think that we all need to be doing something about. Yeah. So yeah. Great. I mean, do you do you feel that you're also putting on this gig as a means to a legacy and remembering the the, the family member that you lost? Would it be fair? Yeah. To no. Yeah. It's definitely definitely partly to do with that. A hundred percent. And a lot of my family will be there and and that sort of thing. Um, but it's also you know making other people that might have been through a similar kind of thing um, feel like they're not the only ones because mm-hmm. I know that I think certain certain members of family can feel like you know why you know yeah. i'm the only one and it's a very yeah. lonely place that you can go to but it's really important to know like you're not the only one and it's such a common thing unfortunately mm-hmm. um and it's important not to feel alone and it's important to know there's there's other people out there mm-hmm. so in regards to your back psychology and um, background then what was the um was there anything else there that that led you to 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 this sort of study and is how much of a future are you willing to sort of like seek uh, in this field? To be honest, with the you know my job now actually isn't currently to do with psychology directly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Although it is absolutely mental health um, and this sort of thing is something I'd really like to get into in the future. Um, but yeah, it wasn't actually really massively part of why I've taken an interest in this. I think it was more personal experience, and then. I sort of started reading up and I, I just honestly couldn't believe it when I was reading things like The Biggest Killer of Men and mm-hmm. just the thought of so many so many people, you know, feeling that way and even news stories, the amount of things that seemed to come out, I just thought, why is, you know, why mm-hmm. are we not talking about this and mm-hmm. why, is, why is enough not being done? But mm-hmm. then over the years, you know, the, the past, even the past year or two, it does seem like so many people are actually beginning to finally um, talk about it and mm-hmm. do something about it, which is definitely a good thing. You mentioned your, your current job there. You, uh, nothing, there is links to, to mental health you alluded to there. Do you want to tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, so my current job is actually, um, I work for a market research company, so right. we're just based actually um, next to St. James's Park. Oh, but, really? Okay. Um, so it's not really anything to do with... Um, with my degree or, or yeah. mental health or anything um, right, but we okay. do I have currently been involved with setting up a bit of a health and well-being strategy right, in the workplace okay. and that sort of thing so that's yeah. been interesting and obviously links to my my sort of thing that I'm interested in as well which is yeah. really good yeah so as a means of a future then what do you envisage what do you hope to um achieve i guess uh, in this field is it is it something you want to explore are you hoping to make um differences to people's lives and sort of thing absolutely i hope one day um one day to go down the 
as some sort of path that where I could help people and particularly, mm. you know, suicide is something I'm yeah. um, really interested in, you know, putting a stop to. I think it's just so, so important that mm. that we start doing something about it. So we hopefully could... one day, but at the minute, um, yeah. right at the minute I'm just in the, in the so regarding, This would be the, the last question on, on, the, on the study aspect of it, but if you were... If you were to give any tips or advice to anyone out there who uh, think about doing psychology, um, what would you, what would you, what would your tips be? What would you, what would you um, think that they could aspire to? Um, God, absolutely go for a psychology degree because I absolutely loved it. <laughs> for right, the first, good, the good. first thing I think it's so interesting, mm-hmm. and you know there are things that you learn that you can apply to just everyday things um, yeah. and it does widen up um, sort of how you view things and I would also say for anyone that has done or is doing a psychology degree um, that I would highly recommend doing a master's in health psychology because I found that the most interesting thing ever so I would definitely um, or clinical or anything else like going for a master's is I would highly recommend that so all, all, all sorts of doors can potentially open up for you. Um, absolutely, absolutely, great. definitely. Great. great. Um, so coming back to this gig, so you're collaborating with it, with um, Campaign Against Living Misery, or comms, the abbreviation. How did that setup come about? Um, I did it when I first sort of was um, reading up about, you know, um, suicide rates and that sort of thing. Um, I was I was looking at different charities um, mm-hmm. and comms sort of, Mm-hmm. Um, took my eye mainly because their focus is on male suicide mm-hmm. um, and I found it really interesting some of the things that they um, were sort of promoting and people they were speaking to and the things they were doing I, I thought were, were really great mm-hmm. and um, it all just came from there I, I basically sent them an email um, mm-hmm. and got chatting to someone Mm-hmm. there and told her about my idea and she was really lovely and she just said go for it um, and they've been really supportive with things throughout the year so if I you know they send me updates um any big news they always send an email um and anything that I need help with in terms of sort of like what to say at the event and that sort of thing they're really good at as well so they are they are a really great charity to work with so you you are going to be like doing some sort of speaking at the gig I take it then like the... That's the plan, although right. I did try last year and my dad um, <laughs> my dad sort of had to take over. I wasn't great at speaking, but that is a plan to, to at least okay. um, at least sort of say something. I did charge yeah. tickets for the gig at the price of a phone call to Calm as well, so I thought that's yeah. quite a nice thing to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I read about that. That's really cool. Um, as regards to... Um, uh, the calm aspect was it a local group or was it? Did you get in touch with them nationally? Um, how how far widespread are they? Um, they're not that far widespread. So unfortunately, there's none sort of locally based. Yeah. Um, it was it was nationally. Um, and I did mention about having a speaker at the event, but I think they're all down in London, so it's right. quite a far way to come. Okay. Um, but in the future, hopefully, I can you know get someone to come up and mm-hmm. speak in an event, and that would be really good as well. Mm-hmm. So about the more about the gig itself then what what what's what's uh, lined up entertainment wise as well as well as you yeah. being a guest star speaker. <laughs> um, so we've got four bands um, that'll be coming down. So I've got they're all local bands um, and and really brilliant as well. So um, that'll be really good. Um, and then was one musician from York that will be coming. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really looking forward to hearing them. Mm-hmm. And we also have loads of raffle prizes. So I've been doing this for a few months now, collecting raffle prizes, and people have been so generous with getting in touch with various things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be the other big thing as well. So that'll be really good. Excellent. Well, I think uh, uh, it sounds already exciting. So for listeners... Uh, give, give them one last plug about the, the gig and uh, where it is. I mean, I'll I give a little intro at the start, but I think it'll be great coming from you as well. Yeah, so just finally, um, the gig is for Calm, which is uh, for male suicide prevention. Um, and it's at Bar Local, which is just near St. James's Park, on mm-hmm. Friday the 7th of June. Mm-hmm. It's at 7.30, and you do have to pay for tickets, which are £7. Pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but if anyone that wants to come along, definitely come down. And there are tickets left? There are a few tickets left. There's not many, but there are a few tickets left. You're going to have to be quick, yeah. Yes, be quick. Right, well, that sounds awesome, Becky, and kudos to you and and Carm and everyone else um, behind the gig. I hope it goes really well, and and perhaps you can come back later as a live guest and tell us all about it, and then um, any sort of future stuff that you might have planned, that would be awesome to listen to. I'd absolutely love to do that, definitely. Excellent. So this is Ricky from Mentally Sound interviewing Becky Pruce, who uh, is doing this amazing gig and raising awareness about male suicide, which is hugely, hugely important. We've we've done that quite a few times on our show. And, uh, yep, so this is Ricky from Mentally Sound checking out, and we'll catch you back in the studio.
I hope everyone's banging on their drum. I don't know if that's metaphorical or not. <laughs> um, but it's a fantastic song. Um, it's by uh, Dead Man Fall, and uh, I played this a couple of years ago, I think, on the show, because it was um, related to when Craig Ferguson's last show on uh, Late Late Show, which I'm a big fan of. Great interviewer. And uh, he played that as his uh, last song of the show. Um, and it's a great song. Well, one, of, one, of my, one of my favourite ever songs has a similar title. She Bangs the Drum by the Stone Roses. Oh, ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great I song. I love that song. Yeah, great song. Um, so I'm back to Mentally Sound. You're wondering why we're here past two o'clock. Um, it's because uh, we realise you can't, you just can't live <laughs> without more Mentally Sound. So we're here. We're giving you more. Um, no. Uh, is um. Basically, well, yeah. basically, the month of May, uh, uh, this has been a medley sound takeover in Spice, hasn't it? Yeah, right. kind of. We've been, yeah, we've been here so often because, um, yeah, we had that mistake with the recording, so we were here like we were here like four weeks well, that in a row. Well, off on this trajectory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've done a lot of shows recently. Yeah, so um, um, but it's been, but I love doing it, so it's absolutely no yeah, problem at all. Met um, amazing people. Yeah, I mean, um. To, so, so, um, so to finish that thought is, um, we had to play a, um, sort of prayer thing for Ramadan at one o'clock that lasts, uh, according to the database, it's 13 minutes long. So obviously we've just come back here after doing 13 minutes. And so, uh, so we've decided because we just played a pre-record there to come back and we're basically just going to sit here for 10 minutes. I don't you no idea. I can hear that. Hear yeah. That. Is it? <laughs> Upstairs. Oh, that's outside somewhere. Oh, um, did you, is the door closed properly or something? Why can we hear that? So, really, apologies if you can hear that through the headphones. That someone's just deciding to do hoovering at the worst time. Um. Anyway, yeah, I hope I hopefully the uh, the company situated next door having a bit of a spring. Uh, hopefully, it's not too. Hopefully, it's not too clean. loud. I mean, I can hear it a little bit, but obviously, if we keep talking yeah. over it, maybe it'll be fine. So, yeah. if you can hear that, apologies. Yeah. We're not on a plane right now. <laughs> uh, that's what you think. That's what it sounds like. Cause yeah. the start up the engines. Yeah. yeah, me and Ricky are currently in a cockpit right now, ready to take off a plane. We're like, we've got to finish this mentally sound. Uh, like, you know, so our so, uh, road show. We're yeah, really yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're flying to a sunny destination. And uh, actually reminded me of. Uh, um, so we're going to be here for another 15 minutes and we're going to do mental health news because we've never got a chance to do it. Um, so we're going to do that till half past. So we're going to stay a little bit longer and, for, uh, and, and you know, because we never get a chance to do mental health news. Mm-hmm. And it's a really important part of the show that we've neglected for quite a while, quite frankly. So we're going to, we're going to do that. But it reminded me just very quickly because I was thinking of Pan Am when you said that. Um, me and, me and Haley, because me and, um, well, she, 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 we watched The Notebook last night. Which have you oh, ever seen that? No, no, I haven't, no. It's with Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling and James Garner, who claimed to fame was Maverick, which is a fantastic series that I liked. Um, and um, 
and yeah, it's it's very very it's it's very teary. I cried quite a bit afterwards, and it affected me a lot because it's about um, it has an Alzheimer's feel to it, um, okay. and it's a and it's a romantic romantic film, and uh, it's really powerful. But anyway, I just wanted to touch on uh, all I see about it is anyone who um, is affected by um, anyone with dementia or Alzheimer's and wants a romantic fo- romantic story that's going to like stay with you a while. I really recommend the Notebook; it was really good. And um, but the Pan Am thing I'm referring to because we made a joke about airplanes um Haley recommended to me catch me if you can which i've never seen um tom hanks um leonardo dicaprio now when you said pan am that yes. was the first thing that came in my head really because okay. i've seen the film well i saw it when it came out but i've also read the book okay and i highly recommend the book more than, more the, than film. the film yeah. oh, okay interesting the, the film's not bad it's just it's just over glammed the the actual book I will. Yeah. Well, that's often the case in these sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, I'm not surprised to hear that. But yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed the book and I recommend it to everyone. Yeah, well, I'd, uh, um, because I'm a huge Tom Hanks fan, that was the first actual, that's the first actual, um, because we watched Larry Crown about a week ago. Okay. Um, and Larry Crown was a Tom Hanks directed and written by Tom Hanks okay. uh, with Julia Roberts. And it was a few years ago and you, you're probably looking at me like I've never heard of that. He's actually done a lot of directing and producing Tom Hanks. Yeah, what well, he did, Band of Brothers, which, Band uh, of Brothers. yeah, I remember for producing. But he direct, I think that was his directorial debut, at least for a film. He might have done something else, like a documentary or something. But, um, it it did no business when it came out. He actually joked on a podcast I listened to where he's like, "It did no business," but I had a really good time. And I do actually think it's the worst film I've seen Tom Hanks in. I don't <laughs> think it's very good. So, sorry, Tom, if you're listening. But um, but yeah, um, <laughs> but, yeah. I watch I watch Castaway. I think a fortnight ago. Ah, that's and good. That's one of my favorite ones. No, I was to say because I used to see. I mean, it's not a terrible film, Larry Crown. You can get through it. But um, Haley got bored of it. Um, mm. But um, and we I ended up watching the end oh, of Barney. Oh, this? How this yeah. is obscure? Do you know he was a he's a he's a he's a big Aston Villa fan? Did you know Tom? Uh, I do you know the reason is why that a, is? Yeah, is there an obs- fact about yes. it? Yes, because Aston Villa recently got promoted and he was yeah. tweeting good luck. Yes, I actually very strangely know the story I behind that. Um, <laughs> he um he I think I'm right in saying I don't think it might have been Soccer M, but it was something similar to that. Right. That Soccer AM had a thing where whenever like a fan came on, they would pull a name out of the hat, and then that person would support like particularly an American because The Rock got Macclesfield, um, <laughs> yes, like yes, a long, long helped. time ago, and they did like this skit where people in Macclesfield going because he came on and he gave they gave him Macclesfield, and he came up and he went, "Have you been to Macclesfield yeah, since?" Yeah, yeah. And he went, yeah, I'm a huge fan of, like, and he could tell he was, like, reading off notes or something. He's like, I'm a huge fan of, like, whatever their, their name of their ground is, and I'm going to go back to the Rose Bowl or whatever the yeah. name of the thing is. And then they did this little skit, which is hilarious, where they went to Macclesfield and had loads of these, like, clearly actors going, oh, I see the rock in the pub all the time. He bought a load of round of drinks. That man can hold a pint, that man. And he's like, oh, I actually saw him, and he's now my stepdad because he's got a relationship with my mom. Right. <laughs> it was very funny. But I think, in a nutshell, Tom Hanks did some um promotion for a film and as a joke somebody did the soccer aim thing of they made him pick a random team mm. and i think he went oh, i'll pick uh, like I, I i've heard of a team called something villa and i think before they did it yeah, he went yeah. i'm gonna pick them and then it became this thing of that he was an aston villa fan so um, that's actually not um, that uncommon people supporting yeah. teams like slice alone he's a everton fan apparently which is why you film on the rocky um uh films there joe creed all right yeah Edison park yeah. Oh, okay yeah, yeah. Isn't the guy? It wasn't the um, the the boxer. Tony Bellew is Everton. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He yeah. has the crest on his shorts. Yeah. 
quite yeah, often, yeah. yeah. Okay. But anyway, yeah, that they were just a couple of things I wanted to mention that I'd been up to recently. And Catch Me If I Can was good in the notebook. If you, you know, it actually said in the description a very hanky, a very uh, hank, hankies at the ready, you know. And I was like, ah, I'll be fine. I was weeping like a like a child uh, after, at the end of it. It's really hot. It's a really di- sad ending, but so it's bad, about but Alzheimer's beautiful. is the narrative theme. Um, it's a, it, it's about a romantic story and about like making choices and stuff like that. But it also crowbars in that there's an old couple in the film right. where they're telling the story of these two young lovers mm-hmm. in a old people's home, and oh, the and the girl and the and the 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 old guy is talking to this fellow inmate in this old people's home and she's got alzheimer's so he tells her the story every day um to appease her and like so it's a it's a about these star-crossed lovers and whether they get together or not and it's uh, it's very powerful um although i haven't said that i read the reviews of it after i finished it because i do that all the time I'm, I'm constantly on wikipedia what listen to afterwards i read everything about a film um, and it I was famous well. for. I I, uh, he should. Good curiosity. Well, didn't you know Wikipedia used to have a bit of a thing attached to it that's not truthful? But as time goes on, it's it's gotten better and probably. More I would say ninety percent of it's accurate. Yeah. There's only ever the odd time. It was it was rubbish to start with. Yeah. But um, but it, like so, if it, rubbish in the sense of there would be a really really bad error, mm-hmm. and then someone who'd been asked it in an interview and then realised it was complete nonsense. Yeah. Um, but there you go. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, but yeah, um, re- that that film was famous because Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling hated each other during the whole process of the film, mm-hmm. which I highly praise their acting because their chemistry on screen is quite good. Even though Ryan Gosling annoyed me throughout, but there you go. That's my little <laughs> quick review of uh, of the Notebook. But it's a good good watch. It's on uh, Netflix right now, I believe. Right. So um, on UK, if you're throwing based in the UK. Anyway, uh, it's mental health news with Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do a jingle. It's gonna be my job. I know I say that every week, but I'm definitely gonna do a jingle. Uh, Five we'll years down the long. line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still waiting for gonna it. Gonna do a jingle, Ricky. Yeah, that's the in joke. We're gonna promise jingles and then <laughs> never give one. So no. that's the jingle itself. The promise. Of yeah, the, the promise of a jingle is the jingle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me doing an imitation of Ricky Gervais's thing. Uh, but yeah, so mental health news is where Ricky will do a bunch of headlines, and me and Ricky, me and Ricky will spend the next sort of ten minutes because we've got like ten minutes. We're gonna wrap this up about Atbas. Um, just quick fire. Um, so like sort of two or three headlines about what's happened in mental health related news, and me and Ricky have a little quick discussion about what uh, the headlines are. So fire away with number one. So a quick big up to Peter. Who you remember the, in the in the previous interview with the new NUFC Foundation? Yeah, they talked about like cab drivers now opening up. So oh, I did. This is a common thing with me that if I if I'm pushed for time, usually due to anxiety reason, I, I get a cab down here. Mm-hmm. I don't live that far away. But when when you strike that conversation with cab drivers and say, "Oh, where are you off to?" and I say, "I'm off to do a radio show," and they're oh, interesting. What's it about? It's about mental health. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they often open up as well, much to my surprise, but but delight as well. It's good they're talking about. It. So big up to Peter if you're listening because we actually talked about. Should we mention about the Gary Speed? Uh, I put in our talking point tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll well, what we'll say just we'll so we just don't, quickly mention about yeah, yeah where we, we don't want to make any false promises because yeah. it might not happen. But yeah, go ahead. But yeah, so we talked about because in case whether we do the interview or not, but we're hoping to do. But just to listen, listeners know that um, there's a there's a initiative called the Speed Cycle, which is happening. Uh, I mean, this tomorrow. is news, so no, this yeah, is yeah. related. So um, as part of Everton in the community, I guess it's their own foundation uh, equivalent in, in, in at Everton for football club, uh, who football we club. just talked yeah. to. Yeah. So a bunch of them are going to cycle from Newcastle to Liverpool, uh, cycling through various cities, uh, specifically Leeds, Sheffield, um, Bolton, Bolton, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sheffield, yeah. These are the clubs that uh, uh, Gary Speed played for. Gary Speed, for listeners, is the 
former Everton and Newcastle United player who sadly took his own life a good number of years years ago now. Probably. So, yeah. Might even be close to like 10 years ago now, or probably at least yeah. five years ago or yeah. something, because it was, uh, he was only in his 40s or something, yeah. so. And he was, he was um, Will's boss at the time, wasn't he? So, I think he was. He, was he might have been, yeah. yeah. He might have been. So huge! I still remember the day, I, the time I heard about it. I was like listening to another uh, radio station in the morning, and they were like breaking news, and it just felt surreal, like it was a prank. Yeah, it just didn't seem, and it still probably hasn't sunk in now properly that something like that's happened. I know when Clark Kyle, Clark Kyle did his um, one of his documentaries around mental health, and he met various people. He actually visited Gary Speed's sister, mm-hmm. and she confirmed that yeah, he did have depression, and but he just kept it sort of undercover and it wasn't the right environment to yeah. talk about it. I mean um, it shows because obviously they had people who like had seen him like recently because I still remember the Robbie Savage interview he did on BBC News where Robbie Savage broke down in tears yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because he it, yeah, it? and he said he'd spoke to him like a day, yeah. the day before or something like that because he yeah. did um, it happened at the start of the week because he did match the day too he was on as a guest so he yeah, was on I as a guest so, yeah. panelist yeah, I think even, even Alan Shearer had seen him in the same weekend or something I remember yeah. saying yeah yeah yeah, Gary and Robbie, they, they're close pals, because I, didn't Robbie Savage appear on Strictly or something? Gary apparently was in the crowd cheering him on or something. That yeah, well, obviously, and as well, they're both Welsh, and they're with a Welsh yeah, team yeah, and yeah. stuff like that, so I assume they're... So they're setting off from St. James's Park tomorrow. Um, I'm not sure what the time scale is, but we might know about that should we meet them, hopefully, but, um, yeah, I think that's a really cool initiative to, to go through all the, 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 the cities that he played for, that thing, um, to raise awareness of male suicide. And I think, um, like we were just touching on, I think the reason that it's powerful is what you just said about the fact that, you know, if you talk about Gary Speed, he was a very sort of, um, silent, you know, football, not that I know him, I'm just saying that the persona of him in the general population was like a profession, very professional, <laughs> down to earth, nice guy. I mean, my mom, my mom was really upset when she Great found sir, out because yeah. he was really, she's just, just to say, such a gentleman, oh, so she nice when she at worked the club at when the club. He was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right about the time he came. He was under Bobby Robson. He yep, played he was right about the time. My mom started in '99, and yeah. I, I think he he was already probably there by then, or at least he just had arrived or something. Because he he, um, was, uh, he also yeah. appeared on. They think it's all over. I don't know if you know that. And around the time I don't he was at Newcastle, I don't yeah. actually remember that. Yeah. yeah, I remember it. And uh, yeah. so a lot of his sort of questions that he was like, you know, uh, it was it was signed around Bobby Robson. And it's like, oh, Gary, does does Bobby still remember your name? Like, you get <laughs> yeah. it right and all that. Yeah, because so, he used yeah. to call everyone loads yeah. of random stuff. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, good luck to the cyclists tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll get to meet them, but we'll let you know next show. Yeah. So the plan is uh, whether this happens or not, because it will be for the next show that yeah. we do. Is we're planning on potentially going to interview them later today, whether we get any confirmation about that or not. But uh, and it's we'll got see. some big star sort of backing, like sort of Duncan Ferguson and Alan Shearer, which is yeah. I got to. I think I told uh, so, I was telling you about yeah, Dun- yeah, the Duncan yeah. one because I think uh, Chronicle. Uh, mm-hmm. Promoter, that, but, um, yeah, so, so I guess I that, a, that was that was technically our first yeah. uh, headline because <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was something I wanted to talk about. So that's fine. So have a he- this headline again. It's sort of old mental health old news, <laughs> it's but it's quite recent. It's still that's fine. Still relevant. Okay. So um, uh, alarming mental health crisis amongst doctors, um, and this is why I mentioned Peter because we also talked about um, we were talking about this man up culture on the way down here, and he talked about a passenger that he'd given a lift to recently, who was a, a mental health. Um, uh, worker with an NHS, he worked in frontline. I think he was a paramedic, um, but he had to take time off work because he was sick because of the PTSD, the kind of things he was exposed to. Mm-hmm. We, there was a similar headline I read, like last show, the show before, amongst police officers. Yep, the PTSD rates are alarming there as well. So in this this case with um, doctors and nurses, it's eight in ten doctors and medical students who were at high risk 
of wow. burnout. And this is a research done by the BMA, the British Medical Association. And it has a big effect on junior doctors, especially. Do you know that, um, I don't know if this is where you were heading towards, but do you know burnout now is now a registered, yes, recognised yeah. term? Yeah, what do I you saw, think of that? Uh, yeah, I saw that. I, I was going to make sure to mention that because I think that's a very good headline. Yeah, and that's good. very recent because um, I saw an, I read an article the about World that two Health days Organization ago. The Organisation have recognised yes. it officially. Yes, because um, uh, Haley pointed out, because the same article said, uh, it paraphrased, I think we discussed, because Haley said, oh, have you heard about this burnout thing? Because also... She said, "Oh, because you know that the video game addictions now, uh, yeah, which yeah, is I we've cov- that, yeah. we covered on the show, because um, you asked me about that." Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so burnout is now a registered medical condition, and it also had some advice on this article I read about things to do to stop that mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. And really, I do think, like you just touched on, it comes down to working obs- obscenely long hours yeah. in a very demanding job and not having enough, um, you know, yeah, time yeah, time. Because, um, I mean. Like, um, as I say, like, we're in a situation like me and my partner look, uh, spend most of our time looking after our daughter. Mm-hmm. And, like, we find it hard. You know, imagine having, like, a, imagine having, like, a, like, both having full time jobs and blah, 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 blah. Like, and, and finding time for yourself. Like, it's really hard in our circumstance. So we think, like, imagine, or even imagine a situation where you have multiple kids and you, like, you know, all that sort of stuff. And so, um, I can't imagine what it's like if you're in a high demanding job like that and uh, you're not having enough time to, to yourself. Well, I'll just mention on, on just that point because it reminded yeah. me um, if you watch Panorama, I don't know if you watch ah, it, yes. two part, they, they're focused on the crisis in care. And this poor, fa- this this family who I felt really sad for. So the lady in question, I think she she had a, like a severe disability, like severe arthritis. It's gotten worse. Mm-hmm. It's gotten worse actually she, since she given birth. Mm-hmm. And she's bedridden a lot of the time, but her husband still has to go out and work because they can't get the care. Yeah. And he, he, whilst he's away on a job, I think he was a mechanic. If he gets a, a phone call say, from his from his partner saying I need to go to the toilet, he has to pack. He has to literally pack all his tools up, drives back home, and takes his partner to the bathroom, and then go back up to work again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can only do jobs in a certain radius. So wow. that already limits his what he. Are you referring to because we've what I mean Haley watched a couple of panorama, panorama things. Well, right? Are you referring to one. the one about the care? Did you watch yeah. the one about the care home? Yeah, place? the care home in Durham. That I couldn't. Um, I couldn't get through that. I think it, that was part one. And yeah. The one oh, really? Part two, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, as a part two. Yeah. I think Haley did say there was a part two. Um, but yeah, we watched like, and it was really bumming us out, and I had to stop watching it because I said to Haley, like, it's reminding me too much of what I went through. Um, it was nowhere near as bad as that. The the thirty minutes that I saw. I couldn't believe the way they were treating people. Mm-hmm. Um, it was clearly a lack of empathy and a lack of professional care. Um, and I was pleased to hear that according to what my partner told me, because I didn't keep up with what happened. But I think I'm right in saying a lot of these people got suspended yep. afterwards. Yep. Um, yeah. It's been brought um, up to the authorities. Yeah. yeah. And you just, said, you just said, was this during the break, I think you said, which I think is worth mentioning because this is related to mental health news. Mm-hmm. Didn't you see the guy who did I, Daniel Blake, um, Ken, Lo- Ken Loach? Yep. He's doing a thing about Zero Hour yep. late in the year. That's interesting. So Do you want to see that? his next film, which is also based in Newcastle. Great. So that's two in a row he's, he's based up here. He did I, Daniel Blake, obviously. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's coming out in November and it's focusing on zero hours and that relates to um to hear it. the the killed by my debt because of course yeah. jerome who sadly took his life was on zero a hours. zero hour delivery contract yeah, yeah he so he couldn't stuff, have yeah. that long-term contract to pay off his debts hence the bailiffs and debt collectors yeah. come to his door and he felt you know so that's yeah. going to be hugely Tough. powerful as well as i yeah. imagine yeah very good um, do you have one more quick one then uh, uh, well there's more to say on on yeah go on ahead red. so yeah the the survey was was done I think I've got written down over 4,000 doctors and medical students. Okay. And over a quarter of them being diagnosed with a mental health condition. Wow. 
And the reason I'm not surprised to hear that. And you mentioned bit I've got written here burnout, as you just said, as is recognised now. So, and there's this they tout that the reasons of uh, the reasons that have led them to having the diagnosed condition, loss of a colleague, because a lot of them have took their own lives. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's not very nice to talk. suicide yeah. to burnout, as we've said. The work and stu- study workload, as we've just said as well. Uh, the risk of failure, which I think is something that needs to yeah, mention. The pressure well. of, yeah, exactly, yeah, because yeah, well, if they don't do something correctly, the ramifications are huge, yeah. yeah. And the more kind of more common ones that we know of, the depression, anxiety, and also the, the stigma that if you're a doctor, would you, ha- imagine that, you're already a doctor, so you're already working in that field. How do you then ask for your help for your own, on your own, do you know what I mean? Exactly. In that field. There's a stigma there. That you I have, can imagine, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it says, again, PTSD levels, it, it relates to the, the police officers' news that I give. And it also, again, this I, I, I just um, watched this last night, um, Bristol University, this is also a mental health news, that the, in the last term, there were three suicides in one week, I think it was. That's awful. And last night, there was a program on BBC One called um, Dying for a Degree. Okay, and it focuses on one family's searching answers as to why their um, their daughter Natasha, her name was, why she wasn't given the help. So they they found emails. You know, she was saying, "Look, I need help." She was dropping out of classes because she was having panic attacks. She was actively asking for help, but the help never came. Mm-hmm. So currently, Bristol University is under scrutiny at the moment as to why those support services weren't given, and their parents are leading a campaign. Well, let's hope that let's hope they uh, they hope to ascertain what happened. It was there. a really sad documentary. Um, watching it, I got teary myself, um, especially when reading out personal emails where she's asking for help. And something I relate to, I remember having anxiety attacks at um, university, and it was something that I just had to get by. Yeah, uh, the thought of getting help for these sorts of things was just not an option. Yeah. And that's very, that's someone very. less vulnerable than me would have would have fallen under the wayside. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, I did not got through. I don't know how, but I did. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, it's sad that you know university because of course Bristol has that added. Um, um, there's a bridge in Bristol which is sadly a, a suicide spot. Do you know? Oh. Which, uh, I think you'll usually find that they are they become they become these sort of uh, dare I say trends which yeah, I really don't so. like. I don't like that feeling, but you usually find that there'll be a place some people go because of just, I guess, the the access, I guess, for want of a better yeah. phrase. And let's hope we can t- turn but that. That should around, also that be around. on uh, iPlay. I recommend people watching that. The other thing I'd recommend: student suicide. Okay, yeah. Thing, yeah, okay, yeah. And uh, the other, the other, the thing I would recommend that I saw as well is the Dispatches series on Jeremy Kyle. Oh yeah, Dispatches I saw that did well, it. Yeah. yeah, it was interesting. Uh, it was a lot of stuff I already knew, yeah. but um, apparently five people have attempted suicide. Yeah. I remember reading. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they had a like an ex producer who said that they would, uh, and they yeah. did. There was they did a behind the scenes thing, yeah. and the guy who directed the behind yeah. the scenes thing said that they would regularly you would see alcohol being yeah. given to um, people who are alcoholics to get them going, and because I'd always heard that they'd the, done that. It makes it, if they come on stage having had a drink or drugs. Mm-hmm. It makes for a more interesting vibe that therefore Jeremy can, you know. Whip well, it's all about story. conflict, and if they go on and they're all like sort of nice, nice to each other, it's like, well, I don't, you know, yeah. So I, I'm actually quite pleased it's off air now. I do, I do think it was a, it was harmful. Well, I would also add to this. I mean, it's why is Love Island still getting um, airtime? They've had two suicides. Two they mentioned it, and we were pleased that they did because Love Island's coming back yeah. now. And actually, some people have came out and said that the care that they received being good, and I guess. 
But my argument is, if it's good but for ITV, one person... But ITV t- came up with a really slouchy response in oh, Aftercare is not forever. Like, that covers all the bases for lack of care. That my, and I thought that was a really poor response. Yeah, it's quite like, well, we do, the best, we do what we can. Yeah, I don't think... I don't know. It, it's a very touchy thing. I just think reality shows... Because it really was a reality show, Jeremy Kyle, for one. Yeah, a, a, yeah. Very, a very, like, sort of smokescreen reality mm-hmm. show. But it basically was. And um, I, well, this I, looks I think we're going to reach the point where we're going to just go, enough's enough. Yeah, I hope we do. I mean, Big <laughs> Brother went on for way too long. I yeah, was, I was like, think. Well, I would say an ad for Big Brother and I'd say, is this still happening? Why is this still a thing? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's past it. Okay, so that, I think that'll do because it's now mm-hmm. twenty-five too. We've been on for ages now, so um, we need to. We need to. I'm going to go and see my mother. Um, so yeah, so huge thank you to everyone who's listened to today's episode. We really appreciate it. As we mentioned, it's at underscore mentally sound. I also should say it's mentally sound ready rently sound show or at Gmail. I think it's rentally sound show. Oh, I never well, remember. I need to remember. Yeah, the new email. Um, so either mentally sound show, mentally sound show at. I'm sure it's meant to sound show okay. at Gmail because I'm sure radio was taken. Right. Um, if but I'll 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 try and promote that a little bit better because I need to make sure that it's working. And I have to um, put that on. Yes. Put that on the business. So I'll, I'll I I realise that's something I have not done yet. So I will do that uh, over the weekend. Um, but obviously at underscore mentally sound mentally sound on Facebook mentally sound radio, radio on, on Instagram. Instagram. Yes. Um, if you want to follow us on that. Um, and all that leaves me to say is a huge thank you to the following guests. So Ashley Law and Oliver Bell, who are from the Newcastle United Foundation. Thank you so much to Newcastle United in general for yeah. being so, yeah. um, so grateful. Uh, we're so grateful for the support they've given, they've given us in terms of guests. To Becky Proust, who you saw, who you just heard, uh, sort of, uh, half an hour ago, which was a pre-record she, uh, she did with Ricky with Calm, which is a campaign against li- living miserably. And um, we'll have a charity gig, which is, uh, do you remember the date for that? Or? June the 7th at Bar Local, which is next yes. to St. James's Hall. I know Bar Local very well. Yeah, I used to do some gigs there. So yeah, uh, it's a nice place. So yeah, go to that on June 7th, what do you say there? Yeah. Um, and Tracy, who you just heard, who's in last, the last lady in the studio about an hour ago, who was the manager of Newcastle Hub Shelter, an organisation to help millions of people with homelessness. Mm-hmm. And obviously if you go on their website, uh, which is I still have up. It's www.shelter.org.uk or well England, and you click on England or Scotland, and then all the information is on there. If you have any issues with, with potential homelessness and mm-hmm. um, needing help and all that sort of thing, and be a game changer is the name of the campaign that the Newcastle United Foundation were promoting. So if you type in be a game changer, you'll find all the information on their stuff as well. So kudos to Ricky again for um, for booking guests and doing the pre-record. Much appreciated. Um, oh, I must touch on. Um, uh, Darren and Ian who I mentioned uh, who have been on the show before who were talking about empowerment consultancy and training I did a podcast with them I went to visit them in uh, Bertley in Gateshead which is where, Durham. where uh, in Durham. is it Berkeley? Yeah. Yeah. Berkeley, 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 and Gateshead. It's Durham. Okay, well, but it, it, <laughs> I'm sure it said Gate. I'm sure it said it's Gateshead either, on the postcode. It's, it's, yeah, it, yeah, it was in a commu- It was in a business centre anyway, and I went to their it, offices. It's I think it's technically Durham. Durham well, Durham I had Gateshead Durham. Durham. on the on their website, so I went with that. But anyway, but so yeah, anyway, but he um, very kindly picked me up at Gateshead Interchange, and we went to do a podcast mm-hmm. there, and I released it last night. Um, so I encourage people to listen to that. It's a very good, honest discussion about disability and about cerebral palsy and about um, attitude, attitudes to 
uh, people being disabled and um, mental health in the workplace, which is something we talk about here. So it was a very good hour and a bit conversation with a very frank discussion with Ian and Darren. So huge thank you to them. So please do check out Geek Apocalypse, my web, my podcast, um, where we t- where we discuss that. Um, so it's a little extended interview with them. Um, cool. So all these minutes stayed. Huge thank you for everyone. Uh, obviously check out our other podcasts. Uh, Mentally Sound on uh, iTunes. Obviously you'll find all the shows that we've done previously, and we'll be back in two We're weeks. We're back time. on again on the fourteenth of. Yes, the 14th of June, which is two weeks' time. It's not a three-week break like like it has been today. Um, So we'll be on in two weeks' time for another edition of Mentally Sound, which is 12 till 2 p.m. here on Spice FM, 98.8 FM. To play us out, we're going to play Muse with Starlight, a live version from Radio 1's Live Lounge. Um, Just I really like this version because I think music great live. Um, And then we'll be back in two weeks' time for another edition of Mentally Sound. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Have a good weekend.
Cheers.